traveling the vortex. Welcome to Canada. It's a maple leaf steak. as he travels the vortex and then in episode number 137 and i don't know about you guys but i don't feel properly dressed without a couple of cans of ice cream <laughs> and a smile i'm keith i'm sean i'm glad how are you guys ready to blow something up i don't feel properly dressed <laughs> <laughs> i didn't bring mine you should never go anywhere without your nitro no why <laughs> you listen to the doctor you didn't bring it ace never listens to the doctor she always has that's one of the things that makes her so endearing. Yeah. So awesome. I would agree. From moment one. How was your guys' weekend? Pretty good. Long. Yeah. Long. Long and tiring, <laughs> clearly. Caitlin celebrated her birthday this weekend. Her birthday was on Friday, so I took her to lunch. And then Saturday, she had some friends over for a party. We did a 50s theme party. Oh, the very girls, cool. Girls all dressed up and wore prudal skirts and... The whole How old is she now? Nine years. She turned ten. She turned ten on Friday. Not old enough to remember the fifties. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> well, no. Um, and so we decorated. You know, they we got one of those scene setter things that you can put on the wall, and it's like a soda fountain. We put that in the kitchen. We hung stuff from the ceiling and little records and and stuff like that. And then we had the girls made what's called one two three cake for cake. So instead of Caitlin having a cake, she wanted to make one two three cake. What it is is you put angel food mix in a regular mix. Together and you add a certain amount of like water and you can cook it. You can make it in the microwave in like one minute, huh. and then you pull it out. It's a cake, and then each of the girls had a little bag of icing. They got to ice their own cake and then sprinkles and stuff to put on the top of it. Why have I never been told about one, two, three cake before now? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about it until a few months ago when Holly discovered it. So, so a reason to look this up. And then uh, we really need to do a traveling the vortex cookbook. Yeah, we, we really do. Keep <laughs> <laughs> it. Have a whole bunch of it. I, well, you and I would have things like, you know, heat and eat chili mac. And yeah. Push fingers and custard. <laughs> He'd have actually, you know, all the gourmet Real stuff. Gourmet and, stuff. Uh, and then we made milkshakes. So the girls had milkshakes. And then they had a hula hoop contest. So you could hula hoop the longest. Uh, who could blow the biggest bubble? So 50s type stuff. And then today, my... Uh, One, two, three cake. <laughs> I'm Googling this as we it. speak. He found it. And then today uh, the family came over, and so we had another big party this afternoon with cake and ice cream and the whole nine yards. And then we all went out to dinner tonight, which unfortunately I missed Keith's dinner because our party stuff went over. And then by the time we got done with that, we decided it was about 6.30. We decided to go eat, so we had the chills. It's more it's important that you were with your daughter for her well, birthday yeah. <laughs> than with me we, for my birthday. If we birthday. hadn't had so many party events yeah. you know, all weekend, I asked Caitlin when she went to bed tonight. She enjoyed her birthday weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I know so how that feels because with divorced parents, mm, yeah. I make all the rounds. Yeah. So that's what I did this weekend was went to dinner with my mom and my cousin for my birthday at Old Chicago last night. Or, yeah, last night. Um, they got me a couple of Doctor Who books, and uh, which I didn't realize this. Did you guys know this is a third Doctor story, Harvest of Time? I did not know that. 
and the crutch of it is he has to save the master. Ooh. Ooh. And it's got Joe in it. Alistair Reynolds. Yeah. Huh. Well, of of course, a book written by Alistair (laughs) would be a third Doctor story. And then we uh, had lunch with my dad today and then went over and hung out at Sarah's parents for a little while since Adi was over there. He got me that very cute canine shirt that Instagrams. Yes, Yes. Yes. very cool. And then uh, went to dinner at Cheeburger Cheeburger with Sean, Mel, and Blake. And then went to shows and... Glenn brought over for me the Doctor Who character encyclopedia as a gift. Overall, it's been a good birthday. Technically, my birthday is tomorrow, tomorrow. right? Yeah. And you're off tomorrow? No. Why didn't you take your birthday off? I never do. (laughs) I always just work. I never think about it. The eternal hope that someone will will bring you a gift. (laughs) Well, I've already used used my floating holiday. (laughs) (laughs) So then it's a vacation day, and I might need those for later. That's right. That's what I usually do, too, is I save it. Although it had intended to take off. My birthday this year, but I think Bob was gone. So. Uh, how about you, Sean? What'd you do? Uh, I herded cats. <laughs> we uh, we went to Schlitterbahn, the water park, <laughs> which Mel's brothers were all hot to trot to try and do something together as a family, and they settled on that. So her brother Pete bought everybody tickets to Schlitterbahn, cool. and her brother Aaron bought food for everybody to you know storm coolers and bring to Schlitterbahn, so we got to go for free, cool. which was an awesome experience. Explain what Schlitterbahn is. That's a big water park. Some people might not. Uh, in Kansas City. Um, I'm assuming there are other ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, there are insane, several of them. It's a, a fairly big one, as far as water parks go. Um, had we not been with Brother Aaron and Brother Pete and Brother Aaron's family, probably would have been a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, but when it's free. That, I keep yeah, telling myself yeah, yeah, that yeah. all day long. This is free. Don't complain. This is free. Don't complain. <laughs> but there, a large number of them are smokers, and so they had to stop at every smoking area to have a say. It's like we couldn't get anywhere to get anything done. Two hours in the park, they were ready for lunch, and it's like, <laughs> we just got here. <laughs> and everybody's eating right now, which means nobody's on the rides. We could go on the rides now. <laughs> Okay, two hours to eat, and then have another cigarette. <laughs> well, because you can't go in, you know, except 30 minutes after. Yeah, no, just took them that long to eat. <laughs> no, but that's what I'm saying. 20, you but you gotta wait. Th- you gotta after wait. Eight. After two hours of eating, you have to wait another 30 minutes. Yeah, here's here's my rule for the uh, for the parks. <laughs> and then that was the, I heard a lot of people talking all over the park, well, we have to leave by such and such time because we have to be somewhere at five. I overheard this conversation all over this park. Friends, if you paid $40 a ticket to get into somewhere, you stay until that place closes. Mm-hmm. That's just the rule. <laughs> so it works. Um, I didn't pay $40 to get in, and I still stayed until they closed. What so <laughs> time did they close? Uh, they closed at 8. Wow. We were there just after 10 when the park it's opened. It's awful late for a water park. Yeah. I think this is the last week for it. I think now that it's they oh, start sure, shortening yeah. the hours. Yeah. Now, but. But no, I mean, once we actually got into the water and were able to do some of the things, uh, we had a good time. They have a, a lazy river, which is kind of the highlight attraction of this particular park, which actually goes through the entire park. It's not like the lazy river's a ride. Right. You float through the entire park on it, and there are little offshoots that become cues for each individual ride. So you can literally ride everything, just about everything in the park and never get out of the water, mm. which is kind of a, I think that's really neat. Kind of an impressive it? idea. Uh, and they have a, a, a big wave pool. It's not a pool. It's a canyon. So instead of having a big wave that kind of comes out and, you know, spreads out this way, it is in this enclosed hallway full of water that you 
bob up and down and <laughs> get pushed along, which that was a lot of fun too. So we we ended up having a good time. It was just a challenge to get over that hole. Ah. <laughs> and then um, Billy, I told him early in the morning, he's like, so you're going to put some sunscreen on, right? No, I'll be all right. <laughs> Billy, you know how this is going to end. You're, <laughs> you're, you're going to get burned. You're going to be miserable. You're going to get sunstroke. You're not going to feel good. We're going to have to baby you the next week and a half. Why don't you just put some sunscreen on? No, I'll be all right. Okay. <laughs> Anybody care to guess what happened? Yeah, did he get burned? He got fried. Not like a little bit, like a lot. <laughs> like, I, there's not a color to describe <laughs> what color this boy is right now. And this is the Crimson. weird thing. You hang close. This is the weird thing. He's got a handprint on his back. Like, if you were hugging yourself, there are fingerprints on his back where he's not burned. So... Did he fall asleep in the sun? I have like no idea. I have no idea. But there's just three fingers. They're very distinct. It's not a mark. It's fingers. Yeah. There's nothing else that it could be. It's fingers that somebody was holding on to him and held on to him long enough in that position <laughs> that their fingers are burned and his back isn't. How, how, how long away was... Did he disappear for any mm-hmm. stretch of time? Not that I'm aware of. He was with Uncle Pete for a while, but I don't... Yeah. So... <laughs> We, uh, we had a lot of fun making the Ed, Ed, and Eddie joke. If you've seen that episode, <laughs> it gets sunburned. Pink belly and start slapping him, changing colors. That's <laughs> just kind of mean. Yeah. But, um, so, of course, he got home and was miserable and then was very grumpy because, you know, <laughs> I don't want to put vinegar on. I don't want to put lotion on. It's like, vinegar? vinegar? You've never heard that? Vinegar takes the sting out of sunburns. Really? Yeah. That's, you don't smell good, but it takes I'm the sting. I'm sorry. Out. I think I... I think I live with the sting, and I. I think I just go by aloe. Yeah, aloe is the what they. No, it it's it saps it out better than anything. You you just you put a dab and do that, and it it just draws everything right out of it. And then you follow that up with uh, with your aloe or your lotion, your banana butter, whatever. But the, it just pulls that right out of there. Hmm. It's awesome at that. Weird. And of course, I am the smart one of the group because I dress like an old lady. When I go to the water parks, <laughs> I have my sunscreen and I wear my. Let's, let's be honest, you kind of dress like an old lady when you go. Disc I golfing have too. my Hawaiian shirt and my hat, <laughs> and I am well out of the sun. It's true. I've never seen you with a sunburn. There's a reason for that. I'm smart. <laughs> I had a bunch of them as a kid and wised up. And decided, you know what? Skin cancer is not fun. <laughs> so yeah, he was he was moaning and groaning all night last night, and I just looked at him and said. You know what? Zero sympathy. I told you. <laughs> you didn't give them a warning. You can't. Yeah, you can't have any sympathy for somebody if you've warned them. Uh, well, you know, they don't heed your warning. You shouldn't do that, by the way. What? Um, because your phone has a uh, speaker in it. There's a tiny little mi- uh, magnet in the speaker. <laughs> it's not big enough to do it. I wouldn't trust it. No. I, we've had we've had cases coming at Sprint when I was there of people wiping their hard drives yeah, with their phones. You can't. It has to be a strong enough magnet. Okay, Mister iPhone. I have the best phone ever. It's probably got an Earth <laughs> magnet in there that'll you know wipe out <laughs> every videotape in existence if you walk in front of it. It doesn't. It has to be a very strong magnet in order to wipe. Okay. Even it would have to be it have to be a lot stronger than that in order to uh, yeah any and actually even I've been told by Geek Squad agents not to do that yeah. because I did that. They, I'm just saying they tell you that because they want to. Hey, sound you know important. what? Your phone, your <laughs> computer. It's not my computer. It's not my electronic equipment. You're setting it on. They, they want to sound. That's, that's okay. 
I'm, you've been you've been warned. I am. You can't see this because we're it's not video. But <laughs> imagine my fingers like a millimeter apart, that close from finishing Lego Lord of the Rings. Ooh! I have one hundred percent of the game. <laughs> I have one trophy left, and it's completing the Mines of Moria in fifteen minutes. Note to self. One of the longest <laughs> levels in the game. <laughs> I've tried several times. I, Sarah and I, Sarah even sat down and helped me to get the co-op level. Yeah. And that's the level we did because I thought, two of us playing, maybe we can knock it out in 15 minutes. Nope. Tried it by myself. Didn't do it. I don't uh, know what I need to do. Wonder Twin Powers activate. You know what? I don't. I don't think I've done that. So That's, that's the one I'm missing. Hmm. I've looked it up online. It just says practice. Because you have to do it in story mode. You can't do it in free play. It says play it a few times, and you just need to know what you have to do. The problem I had when I played it was I knew what I had to do. The computer characters didn't do what I needed them to do. Why are you not standing on the switch instead of over there looking at the butterfly? <laughs> Come here! <laughs> So you change characters, and then the other person wanders off the yes, switch. And it's exactly. Like, what is your, have you ever, do, you, do your Lego characters get to that very specific, that's my button? <laughs> I'm not going to stand anywhere else but that button. <laughs> I have. Like, they'll I stand there and they'll argue. With this one. They'll have little digital arguments with each other over who gets to stand on that button or something. And until you physically change characters, then one of them moves out of the way, and the other one goes over and stands on this button. And then the first guy goes over and stands somewhere else <laughs> like it wasn't a big deal. But it's like, really? (laughs) I just want to go to the LEGO headquarters and meet the developers of these things and go, what were you thinking? I'm so ready to be done with this game. It technically was due back Saturday. I went and returned it and checked it back out. Just because you're that close? Because I'm that close. Now, at, at that point, I hadn't 100 percent it. Are, are you, you're, you're that ready to be done with it? Is it because it's a frustrating experience, or just because it's that rewarding, and you're kind of like, I, I want to be able to say I'm done with it, or a little bit of both? It, it hasn't been super frustrating. It's not Lego Batman. For it's you, not Lego then. Batman. For okay. Me. It's just I've spent two weeks pretty much not doing anything else in my free time after at night after Sarah goes to bed. I'm. Two, two to three episodes behind on multiple shows because all I'm doing is playing like a Lord of the Rings and trying to get it done in two weeks. God, that should be an achievement right there. I'm complete, Lego, uh, complete any Lego game in two weeks free I, time. I, I yeah, failed. I'm kidding. Well, I think Mel and I spent two years on the last <laughs> on the first Lego Harry Potter. Yeah, but you guys got to play through it twice because you're doing it co-op. Yeah. Stupid achievements. And so it's probably going to be like another week until I return it. Achievement addicts, anyway. Yeah. Because now I'm going to make sure I finish Sarah Jane Adventures before I even try to get that trophy. (laughs) Which won't take me that long, honestly. We started it. We started Sarah Jane this week just so that we'd have a little bit of a leg up going into next. Yeah, I've got about half of it watched now just to make sure that I have it done by the time we get done. Although I screwed up and I watched the second to last episode on accident first um, because episode the, or story huh episode or story story okay because right, I, I started watching it and I thought okay I'll just go ahead and the heck are you talking about where did you where did you where did your digital wrong, copies yeah mine were in the wrong order yeah mine were yeah. too we could caught it before we started though yeah no I didn't uh, so, I just I, I hit play because I couldn't see all of the the mm-hmm. title of it and so I just hit play and I watched and I got about I got about a third, maybe two-thirds into it, and I thought, 
I thought Luke left this season, but they never even addressed that at the beginning of this. And so I got online and I looked and went, oh. So then I looked, <laughs> where I, I looked at the full title of mine and went, oh, this is episode nine. So I went ahead and watched nine and ten, and then I went back and started from the beginning. So I watched one out of order. It's not too bad. Not I'm too a bad. smart guy. I'll remember it. I'll remember what. <laughs> You'll be able to place it in the correct order. You'll be able to place it in the correct order. Until next week when we get to review it, and he'll go be like, I, I don't this one was first. I don't that remember that at all. <laughs> Did we watch this? Uh, the episode? first one I watched so far, well, I haven't rewatched because I have seen Death of the Doctor, well, and I haven't yeah. rewatched that one. And I'm sure that's probably my favorite. <laughs> but <laughs> of all the other ones, uh, so far the first one I watched, the ninth and tenth episodes were my, are my favorite. Nightmare Man. Yeah, no. The ninth and tenth, which is Lost in Time or something like that. I think it's no, called Lost. Yeah, Mel and I started. We watched Nightmare Man, and we watched uh, whatever the second one is. Lost in Time. Yeah, or something time. Yeah, Lost in Lost Time. In time. What's the second one called? That so far is my the favorite. Vault of the. The Vault of, Vault of Secrets. Vault of Secrets. Yeah. We watched those. Nightmare Man, Vault good. of Secrets. Have you watched any of it yet? I have not. Okay. Spoilers. Then I, I just picked say, it up on I won't Saturday. say anything about two. That was kind of a surprise DVD, to me. Uh, copy on Saturday. Mona Lisa comes back. <laughs> <laughs> She's riding a space buffalo. Thank oh. you. <laughs> no, no, no. In a fight with a Merca. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I'd, I'd pay to see that. I would too. To see the Merca trounce a space buffalo? Yeah. yeah. She'd have t-shirts. While, while Mona fight. Lisa and... Oh, well, the front spoils the episode. Well, don't I've already now. looked at it. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Out of context, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, that's true. It won't be... A, it's hindsight spoiling. Yeah, it will be. <laughs> I know who voices those things. The vulture type things. Yeah, we found that out, but I can't remember. David that. Bradley. That's right. Skeksis. But that's yeah. next week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we move on to news? We should Let's move, move on, on to news. news. <gasps> Since we've <laughs> rambled along. Doctor Who's still not on. Yeah. Again. Again. Still. Still. But. It's at least we know when it's coming back now. We've always known. No, I mean, I mean in the past. That's, oh, that's okay. true. We'd be in between series and, and wouldn't we know, know when it's returning. If, if this was I earlier this year, I can say definitively what day know. it will be on this year <laughs> yeah. or yeah. coming next. If this was earlier this year, we'd still be going. We haven't got an announcement or anything. That's true. <laughs> I'm betting on March 30th. <laughs> <laughs> but it's August, and that means celebration of the Eighth Doctor. And the Puffin e For the rest of the world, not us. Yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> the Puffin ebook has been announced, the short. Uh, Alex Scarrow, the author of Time Writers series, will, has penned the story for Eighth Doctor, Paul McGann, a book entitled Spore. <laughs> Sorry. That's just, that's just a funny name. Spore. It makes me think of that video game. That <laughs> well, had so much controversy. That, Spore. that yeah. Sims video game where you yeah. create creatures and make them evolve. Create, and basically evolve your own universe. Yeah. yeah. Probably Spore. only controversy here in Kansas, so. I don't remember where what all was it was. controversial about it? Just because it, it people had, didn't like it, that you were it playing dealt with evolution? Yeah. Well, that's every sim. Civilization was basically that. But this, you actually create creatures and abominations. Yeah, I guess that's true. So I want to talk about the fact that the guy's name is Alex Scarrow. Does nobody see a problem with this? <laughs> it's a C, not Is a it K. spelled S-K-A-R-O? No. Well, then. 
It's S C A R R O W. Yeah, and, and until you said it aloud like that, I didn't. The, and the masters, no, it's, it's Scarrow. And Scarrow. the masters' aliases were always not the master. I mean, come on, <laughs> doesn't have to be spelled the same way. It could be an anagram of something. It's an anagram of Ice Warrior. <laughs> Mr. Scarrow. Ooh. Not to be trusted. Sally Scarrow. I suppose that's not true. The Thals were from Scarrow and they turned out all right. No, they were from Scarrow. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's true. Can I start referring to the Wizard of Oz as a Scarrow Crow? <laughs> <laughs> What other news is there? Um, there's exciting, a, exciting. That's great. Yeah. I haven't Four. seen the YouTube video. And as a reminder, because I don't think we've said it yet this month, we'll be reviewing <laughs> all of those books later. Yes, <laughs> probably in December after it's all over, <laughs> because it comes out in the paperback the twenty third, and they all come November together as an anthology. In yeah, on the twenty third. That's neat. Yeah, that's neat. I don't have the first book. On e-book. Actually, I have the first two. Yeah, I thought you were picking all of them up. I was going to. <laughs> and then reality. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just... It's I cheaper start, this way, too. I, I started buying it. Because it's one ninety nine for an e-book, and right. then the entire book's going to be like seven ninety nine. Right. And I started buying them because I, my intention was to read them, so I'd be ahead of And then when I had read the first two, I thought, well, this is silly. I bought... I bought uh, <laughs> we, we actually got in at work the uh, IDW first trade paperback compilation of the Destiny... Destin, no, not Destin, Prisoners, of Time. Prisoners of Time series uh, that's got the first four stories. Mm-hmm. And so I bought myself a legit real paper copy of that. A legit my, real paper copy? <laughs> as, opposed to, as opposed to my digital copies. Oh. It's a comic book. I well, still have your digital copies that. have a watermark because we, we get review copies yes. from IDW. So. Not for much longer. Uh, no. think well, we'll probably still get review copies, but nothing will be anything we get to review. Unless, we can review. unless BBC <laughs> wisens up and gives them the licensing back. I have a feeling they've already made a deal if it's over at the end of this year. Probably. With probably somebody over in England, which means we won't get comic books for Doctor Who here in America. <sighs> we'll see. What's our other bit of news? Uh, there are some Doctor Who fans launching a crowdfunding campaign for a new Doctor Who documentary. Ooh, tell me more. Uh, three London-based filmmakers have got together to produce a new documentary about examining how the face of Doctor Who fandom has changed since the series returned to TV screens in 2005. It's gotten younger. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? (laughs) Continue. Um, The film is already in production and... And several familiar faces to Doctor Who fandom has agreed to appear in it. Interviews have been recorded with former companions Sophie Aldred, Louise Jameson, Caitlin Blackwood. Can we count her as a companion? <laughs> Recurring characters Neve McIntosh, Katrin Stewart, Dan Starkey, Simon Fisher-Becker, friend of the show, Simon Fisher-Becker. Writers James Moran, who he wrote The Fires of Pompeii. Jane Espenson. I guess I should say who that is, too. Tortured Miracle Day. I'll say, I don't think Jane's written for Doctor Who yet, just Torchwood. Yeah. That's kind of a stretch there, but all right. Andrew Smith, who wrote Full Circle. I'll allow it because, even though Glenn hasn't seen it yet, her episode of Torchwood Miracle Day was the most Doctor-heavy of any episode of Torchwood. So It's very true. I need to watch the last two episodes now. Wait, was it, wasn't that earlier in the season? It wasn't the last two, was it? That wasn't the last two. So he's oh, seen well, it. I've seen it then. He's seen all but the last two of Miracle Day. Yeah. Oh. 
I've only seen. Yeah, one that's right. Yeah, I guess I it was. Well, you so you saw like seven's the one I'm thinking of. Isn't it? With, I think so. Yeah. Okay. The flashback. Yeah. All right. Remember that? The Jack flashback. The Jack flashback. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know why we're beating around the, the bush. The most Doctor Heavy. Because we reviewed it yet. The most Doctor Heavy. Yeah, there was kind of a mention of the Doctor. That was pretty much it. But more than anything else yeah. in the rest of the well, season. That's true, but <laughs> I don't care. Uh, and a bunch of other people. <laughs> uh, IDW writer. Tony well, Gary Lee. Russell and Eric Sayward. Oh yes, Gary Script Russell. Script editors. Uh, Tony Lee. I just Simon Tony Furman. Lee. They won't be able to find Tony. Dan Slott. Dan Slott, who wrote Spider-Man. What? What? Wait, what? And Richard Starkings, who wrote Elephant Men. What? And many more, including many Doctor Who fans. Oh, so those last two are just Who fans. Yeah. A film that various conventions are across the country. Hey, they should come They should come interview us for this documentary. They should. Yeah, they should. Maybe we should respond to the email. If we, we yeah, let's respond to it and tell them we're, we're pushing hey, to if, help uh, them. Uh, you yeah. want to come. There's a video... A YouTube a campaign video and a website that people can go to. We will include those in the show notes because it's kind of a weird URL. It's igg.me slash at slash at slash who's changing. W-H-O-S changing. That is a mouthful. Yeah. So we'll include a link in Links the show in notes. The show notes. <laughs> yes. What happened to www? Did, it's we run, did we run out of www Indie addresses? Go Go campaign. Never so it's not a Kickstarter. It. It's an Indie Go Go. Really never necessary to put www. Then why do I still do it? Because <laughs> you're a technical Neanderthal. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd never heard of Indie Go Go before this. It's just another uh, crowd <laughs> crowds funding platform. It sounded like started. a really cool discotheque for a moment. <laughs> what are you Indie doing this Go-Go. weekend? We're going to go to Indiegogo. <laughs> so this is where all the hipster kids go instead of Kickstarter? <laughs> I could be. <laughs> could be. All right. So if, if you want to uh, throw some money at it, they are looking <laughs> to keep it 100% independently produced and distributed. And uh, the production and the said through the production process, this film is by fans for fans. Sometimes those are the best. Yes. The Jaws one was phenomenal. Which ended up being included on the Blu-ray, right? It is, yeah. It was such a good documentary that Universal included it on the Blu-ray release of Jaws. Hopefully, uh, at the very least, Netflix might pick it up after it's finished and they'll stream it. Yeah, Could be. Netflix be does love documentaries. Yeah. Cool. Anything else? That's it for news. All right. Well, then in it's been that a case, slow week since uh, the big announcement last uh, week. It's time for feedback, and, and unless Sean surprises me here, feedback, <laughs> feedback. <laughs> We've got some feedback. Jesse, as we mentioned before, Sean is computerless this week, so <laughs> he had, didn't have his musical equipment with him. No, I he didn't. Just, have his, he didn't bring his band. I didn't bring the band. <laughs> I just thought it was appropriate to do a throwback week this week. Yeah. Because I know it's been so long and you guys miss that song so much. <laughs> it's been, it has been a while. All right, who's first? Up first is Scott. Scott from Philly wrote in saying, Let's not tie warp again. <laughs> Hi, this is, we, we should preface this. I think he meant mine warp, but maybe not. Uh, he wrote. He writes in the preference. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Hi, Kansas crew. I've been hit with bad timing. I was too late to write in last week with the Trial of the Time Lord 
Tote wrap up. <laughs> and as I type this, in less than 18 hours, we'll find out who's the new doctor. That makes Tote feel increasingly okay. less important. That's why I wanted to preference this. We because apologize to uh, uh, Scott, Scott, Scott because let us know. we actually had this last week. We just didn't realize it. Yeah, it was posted on our website. And we didn't see Right. That it was on there, and he luckily sent us oh, a, a, that's a Facebook we message. It because he says, as, as I'm writing this. Yeah. And See, this must be one of those because I remember reading this when it came in, and then we didn't talk about it. And then I remember getting it in in the email feedback and went, I'm having another deja vu moment. I've already <laughs> read this. because he, But I didn't say anything because you guys thought I was nuts last time. He actually commented on the Contact Us page and... Yeah. So well, anyway, so that's, you, that's you should the just make that there. part of your automatic. I'm sorry. Checking. <laughs> I, well, I, I typically do. Fact, Keith and I usually both check, but neither one of us <laughs> just saw it this week because <laughs> it was posted. Multiple redundancy fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Because if I see it, I send it. If Keith sees it, unfortunately, I check during the week. I don't always have time to check on the weekends, yeah. and it was posted on the weekend, so that's uh, why I didn't get to see it. Excuses, excuses. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he writes on to say... It was good with Keith. I'm behind you. Thank you. That news makes Tote feel increasingly less important, but I want to follow this all the way through. I've even avoided hearing your latest podcast until I can get this out. I have another three points about Mind Warp after seeing it again from start to finish for the first time in years. One, there were major story parts and even characters I forgot didn't help. <laughs> Two... <laughs> This is still my most disliked story or chapter in a story I've ever watched. But, three, I see how this had the potential of being one of the all-time greatest cliffhangers ever, but blew it. I watched mine warp back-to-back with the ultimate foe to to better get into a cliffhanger feel. In feel. In many ways, it compares very well with one of the best cliffhangers in history, Star Trek TNG's Best of Both Worlds. Woo-hoo! In the last minutes, both have major characters who happen to be bald, becoming <laughs> possessed by aliens, uh, and uh, a last a last second desperate charge to defeat the villain, what will likely result in that possessed character's death, and the show ending at that last possible second. Next Gen got it right. Tote does the worst possible thing, resolving a the cliffhanger away and the exposition at the end. No parry, no goodbyes, no payoff at all. As Charlie Brown said, "Arg!" they pulled the football away. I probably have to give him that. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Especially, I mean, you're using kryptonite against me when you bring up best of both worlds. That's just not fair. <laughs> yeah, it is. Hands down, one of the greatest cliffhangers in television history, and now that you're Agreed. pulling that out of the rabbit, it's like, well, all right. As a whole, Trial stands as poor Collins' typical type of TV story. Some good ideas ruined by sloppy or lazy writing. If I could do a redo of the season, I would have three separate stories. Mysterious Planet would stand on its own. Trial would be a six-part story with Mind Warp shrunk down, shrunk and worked into it like Inferno. Imagine if we knew nothing about a trial. At the end of the second episode, we see a bald-possessed Perry and the doctor running to save her, and then zap, he's pulled into a trial for his life. His only way to save Perry is to get back to her at the moment he left. And the Time Lords will only do that if he wins. As distracting as that would be, he's later forced 
to have his own barrister, the Master. He is the Time Lord who knows the Doctor best, and his incentive being the Time Lords will grant him more lives if he wins. So why do the Time Lords keep bringing the Doctor and Master together? I'm tangenting in my own story. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the Doctor and the Master versus the Valleyard. For the last part, we wrap up the trial. All the villains get away. The Time Lords send the Doctor back. Perry is saved, and we see it. She's she's tired of almost dying or getting transformed and just wants to be left in peace. Yukranos promises to look after her as long as she wants to stay. Everyone has their goodbyes. The end. The last story is completely new and introduces Mel properly as a main character instead of expositioning her into Doctor Who and treating her badly right from the start. Okay, so now we can all get back to staring at the clock. Will you guys... Will you guys get the news at noon? That would be perfect. Noon, 12. Take care. <laughs> it wasn't at noon. It was at 2. Thanks, Scott. Book Let fail. me guess. Your Kranos is, your in, the- is like not your in the character encyclopedia. Oh. Fail. All right, Scott. Uh, I, stuff is you have successfully intrigued me with your idea of that trial. I, I, I like that I idea. Like I, that like idea. That idea. Yeah. I mean, I... I I still think I still like Mind Warp. I can understand now why you don't. I still like it, um, and yeah, it's got problems. And yeah, your version of the trial probably would have been really cool. The master <laughs> is the doctor's. That, that's just that's ripe for. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But thanks for writing back. Yeah. Very good, Scott. And we're glad and he you took uh, up gave the challenge. So yeah, he did take up the challenge. Thank you for taking up the challenge, picking up the gauntlet, throwing it back in my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heavily loaded. Ooh, there's a there is an in- entry for Valleyard. <laughs> I would hope so. Who's next, Rachel? Rachel, Rachel is next. Friend? Rachel writes comment question. Hello, Vortex Gang. Before I get into feedback, I have a question. I was in my local half-price books recently, and thank you for bringing up such a terrible subject and sore <laughs> spot. I, I, she probably hasn't got to that in the podcast yet. Don't, she is mainlining. Don't put her down, because she still has a half-price bookstore that's open. We're jealous. She still have a half-price bookstore that's open. Um, what she was at recently, and while it was seriously lacking in Doctor Who-related merchandise as far as DVDs, it did have a decent number of BBC audio CDs. Oh, I never looked there for audio CDs. Almost all the titles I recognized as previously aired episodes covering several different eras. This made me wonder, are these just audio versions of the TV episodes as opposed to Big Finish audios, which are the original stories? Which are original stories. Do you know much about BBC Audio CDs? I almost bought a couple, but wasn't sure if it would be worth the money if all I was going to hear was a t- version of a TV episode. I believe they are uh, audio versions of episodes, they but are. Glenn is verifying that, I suspect. Yeah. Well, typically, the uh, uh, the ones that I have come across, and, and this is mostly because... Uh, Um, the, the reason I uh, these are on my radars is yes, the ones that the BBC does that I think they're they're actually marketed under BBC Radio. What they are, Rachel, is I think there are some of them that were that are episodes that still exist, but 
the majority that I've listened to are things like Power of the Daleks, uh, or yeah, Power of the Daleks. Uh, Marco Polo was one of them. What they are is, fortunately, there were some uh, people back in the 1960s that recorded audio off of TV because it was back before the you know the advent of VHS or VCRs or especially DVR. You know that that's how they they were able to relive the episodes as they had reel to reel players and they would tape these audio episodes off TV. Fortunately, because the BBC and its infinite wisdom ended up wiping a lot of these episodes, what they've done is they've tracked down a lot of these collectors that still had audio episodes that they they had recorded off of TV. They've cleaned them up, and then they've released them on audio. So you at least have the audio versions of almost everything out there, even all of the wiped episodes. And so what they've done is they're, they're actually kind of cool because, in a sense, you're still hearing the audio from the episode, but what will happen is they've, then they've gone in and they've recorded linking narration. Ah. So it describes to you the things that are going on. So that that's, very helpful. that's how I've actually uh, enjoyed Marco Polo, Power of the Daleks. In fact, I just did the, uh, the Yeti series, which is uh, the Abominable Snowmen and Web of Fear, and did those <clears> that way. And they're, they're, they're wonderful ways to relive audios that no longer exist in episode in, in television or video format. Um, so that's what the majority of those are. Now, I have run across one or two that I believe are uh, ones that do still exist, and I'm not sure why they would have done that other than maybe it was just successful enough, and if they ran these on the radio at one time, that might have been just a way to do it. So, yeah. Um, But, yeah, if you get a hold of them, especially the ones, like I say, that you you'll, you just won't be able to see or or don't prefer to do uh, uh, recons, then they're they're really enjoyable because you are still hearing the actual voices of the actors because it's dialogue from from the television. But uh, then there's linking narration that explains what's going on as well. So according to Wiki, the source of all knowledge, uh, there have been several original audio dramas produced for Doctor Who, mostly produced for radio or internet broadcast, uh, and it doesn't list Big Finish here. No, it's not Big Finish. Um, it's prior to Big Finish. So things like. Uh, Doctor Who and the Pesticons, Slipback. No, those are okay. No, those those are different. They, those aren't what she's talking those about. Aren't what These she's are talking actual about. audios that are produced for radio as well. Though. Okay. Yeah. That's different than I think. Death what comes she's to time. About. Well, shot is on this list too, yeah. which they later redid as a thing. You're, so. you're doing ones that are actually. Yeah. In fact, Big Finish has had a hand in some of those. Oh, okay. Um, there's also, I think, a, a Pertwee. Some of those ones are, are Pertwee audios too. Uh, she's talking about the television soundtracks, I think, okay. is what she's specifically talking about. Um, yeah, in fact, I'm looking at some of those now. Uh, I was looking for a... Okay, so the the, the Daleks has been done. Um, Genesis of the Daleks was done, but I think that was done as a, a, like a special edition record format. Somebody that uh, writes in... Uh, frequently, a long time ago, was telling us about it. Oh, I think Robbie Bonham was telling us about it. I think it was Robbie, now you say uh, that. Yeah. His, uh, and then, of course, the Macrotera exists. Evil of the Daleks exists. Tomb of the Cybermen, that would be another one. Now, oh. this was probably produced before they found, because Tomb, Tomb is one of the ones yeah. that they've recovered. Uh, stuff from Power of the Daleks, as I said, I've listened to. Fury from the Deep. Uh, the Massacre of St. Bartholomew's Eve. Web of Fear is, is one. Galaxy 4. The Highlanders. The Macro Terror, Myth Makers. So a lot of these ones that you're probably seeing are, are ones, uh, Celestial Toymaker, Bottomless Woman. Again, ones that... Just because there's no episode There in is existence. no episode exists, or it's missing pieces. Or missing pieces. That was another thing that I did when I listened to 
the Abominable Snowman and the Macra Terror. There is one uh, story, I think, of each of those that exists. And so what I did is I stopped when I got to that episode, when I got to that episode and watched it because I, I still enjoy watching them and can comprehend them a little better watching them. And then I, what I did then is skipped ahead and listened to the rest. So I actually kind of mixed media there when I was hmm. doing the, uh, the Yeti series. Hmm. So anyway, I, I say pick them up and, and at least pick one up, if, especially if it's, the price is right. Oh, yeah. Give it a try because, like like I'm saying, it's 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 episodes you're not going to see unless they find them, or they might you know have one story that exists on the uh, Lost in Time uh, box sets, or or I think Galaxy Four just was recovered and is is being released on. They're piggybacking that one with. Was that one on the Aztecs? Was that the, the Aztec special edition? So you know, it, it's they're they're certainly worth it. That's what I've done to kind of go back and get because the retcons, they do a wonderful job, but they're not easy to get a hold of, and there is no linking audio. So you're using telesnaps, and so you're getting the audio from the broadcast, and you're getting telesnaps in there, but there's no linking narration. So the linking narration and the audios actually helps a lot. Yeah, you visualize what's going on, so or what would have been going on on screen at the time. <laughs> Hopefully that answered your question, Michelle. Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> You'll get there eventually. Whoever you are, you're so close. She continues. Second, I hate to sound like I'm beating a dead horse. That's okay, we do all the time. But I just wanted to address your tangent from last show. While I agree that the so-called fans who whine and moan if the Doctor isn't young and hot probably aren't genuine fans, the fringe fans, as it were, I kind of see their point. I'm a 30-something female and started watching Doctor Who because I had friends who were watching. I fell in love with the storytelling, starting with Rose and Nine. But I have to admit the fact that when David Tennant came along, that he is adorable certainly helped retain my interest. Just don't tell my husband. <laughs> you have to admit, a bit of a sex appeal doesn't hurt. And I've heard you guys mention the good looks of companions like Amy and Leela. So that street runs both ways. That's but if that's the only reason someone was to watch, well, then they're missing out on the point of the show. I think we certainly agree with that, point, uh, Rachel, because... I think what irritates me the most are the ones that are, that are just coming to the show because they think the doctor's cute. But on the flip side of that, if those... It's it's the people that won't stick around because well, he's no longer... And if the, they don't, they don't, and that's fine. But I, I, I've, I've kind of... I'm, I'm going to backpedal a little bit on, how, on where we've been on this because I sort of think that anything that brings fans, whether it be superficial or whether it be, you know, looks or what or anything... That brings people to the show so they at least discover it. Now, if you're a real true fan of the show, you're going to stick around because of the storytelling, no matter who it is. And you're absolutely right. We we gush all over a lot of the girls that are on there. Um, but if they brought a companion on that was a guy or a, it or, a, or, a or a female that I didn't think was attractive, I still recognize that the storytelling is there. And that's what I watch Doctor Who for is the, the, the storytelling and not necessarily – the. The girls being pretty is is a bonus yeah. <laughs> for me. Well, it's not what brings me to Doctor Who. And, and but I but I agree that anything that'll bring people to watch the show and keep that's the other thing is I, I I should go and say is the popularity of Doctor Who has to lend itself to the fact that we've had good looking guys that girls like to come watch, and what does frighten me a little bit is if you bring a doctor in that is uninteresting looks wise and you lose all those people and we said last week well you know we're trimming the fat but realistically if the viewership goes down and the numbers drop you have to it have to you have to be realistic that there's a chance that it won't go 
much longer. That it so, could get canceled again. I mean, the, the, the execs look at it in such a way that it's eyes in front of screens and not if the it, quality of storytelling. If it was so, an American television show, I would 100% agree with that. Coming from the BBC, I don't think that's as big a worry. I think, I, I think, I think, I think gonna, it is, especially since they don't have the numbers to, they don't have the money to back shows that aren't being popular anymore. I mean, they're really. They, uh, I think they, and the beauty with Doctor Who is that you can retool it. I mean. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. If, if this if, Doctor yeah. doesn't work, they for, can for, for, God forbid, for whatever reason, Peter Capaldi is a horrible choice as Doctor, See, and the, they lose millions and millions and millions of viewers over it. They can always come back and say, all right, well, we're going to go ahead and have him regenerate. But I think principally, that's, but principally, oh, I agree. I agree. Here's the problem with that is then that sucks that we're, we're, we're basing the fact that, well, I think he's going to be a capable Doctor. I think Peter Capaldi is going to be a fantastic Doctor, as a matter of fact. But if the BBC says, well, you're just not attractive enough, so we're going to regenerate you and bring some younger, good-looking guy in here, that principally, that's wrong. That is I agree. so wrong. Oh, yeah, it is. And if that happens, I would be very upset, very disappointed. I would, Something too. like that would happen, just to keep Doctor Actually, is it worth keeping Doctor Who in the airways because of that? No, I think I almost would say no. I, well, I, I, I would I, rather them say it's been a good run than to compromise that principle. That's just that's I, that's I, absolutely wrong. I think Moffat would walk if oh, they came I, to him with that. Moffat's only got another year anyway. Yeah. So. But I guarantee. I would Moffitt's hope whoever takes over from Moffat would have the, that kind of integrity to walk I if they so. want to. I would hope so If they too, tried to do that, I don't think the BBC would. The, the other thing to look I, at, and, and I, I, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I'm I just saying yeah. that's out. No, there that's that's a you know worst case scenario. The other thing to look at is that. Any, I, I still maintain what we said earlier that anything that brings fans to the show is good. In any way that they come to the show is good. Maybe they won't stick around. Okay, fine. You, you only like this one doctor. You know what? I was there once upon a time. Different reasons, but I was, you know, I didn't like Peter Davidson because he replaced Tom. Eventually, I got over it and I've come to embrace all of the aspects of the show. So maybe these fans that are out there throwing a hissy fit right now because the next doctor is going to be old and ugly uh you know in their estimation maybe 20 years from now they'll they'll grow up (laughs) and they'll come back to it and go i was so stupid for not having stuck around and they'll get to rediscover it all over again so i think one thing that's in our favor is look at how many of the fangirls that quit watching after david Tennant left and they didn't even give matt a chance but the show still was very successful and brought more fans yeah almost got bigger yeah so that's another thing you've got to look at in the in the uh, aspect of you're bringing Peter Capaldi on. You're also bringing a lot of Peter Capaldi fans on now that, yeah. that that have watched him in other shows because he's been on a lot of stuff in the UK and they go, hey, he's the Doctor now. I should go over and check that show out and, and come over there and find that they really like it. So it's it's such a it's the you know Doctor Who is in flux. I mean, realistic the viewing viewing is in flux, and if it's got enough eyes in front of screens, it's going to last. That's what it boils down to. It doesn't matter whether he's good looking, whether he's you know ugly, whether he's got a good companion or a bad companion. It doesn't matter as long as there's eyes in front of screens and they're doing a really good job story wise. And, and and we have to remember also that those complaining online are probably just a very large, a very vocal minority. That's what usually happens. Just like the tenant people girls that, is they're they're the a small group, but they're really loud. Yeah. I have an idea that I think we should explore. We should we should find some some young female Doctor Who fans to bring into the podcast one day, just to get that alternative take on it. I'll work on that. I know I know several. Okay. 
Uh, she continues. Now for Dragonfire. The best way to describe this story is fun. It's not too serious with only hints of danger and drama. In fact, one of the most dramatic elements is when the doctor's hanging from the end of his umbrella. Again, why did he climb over the rail in the first place? <laughs> but even then, we'll know he'll be all right. Not because Glitz is there to save him, but because we know Clara is yeah. nearby. <laughs> Actually, TARDIS Wiki has a great theory that the Doctor climbing over the railing may have been due to the influence of the Great Intelligence. How's that for retcon? Anything that will should retcon we address, it? Should we address climbing over now, or should we wait until we were ready? I was going to wait until we were ready. Okay, all right. Fixed. <laughs> I loved seeing Glitz again, and Mel and Ace made a great team. I'm with Keith. They should find a way to bring back Tony Shelby, Glitz, and Brian Blessed, Ukranos, for season eight. <laughs> I would love to see Glitz try and cash in on the fact that he was saved or assisted in saving the Doctor's life more than once. But considering he and Mel ran off into the proverbial sunset, I do wonder if he would ever come to fruition outside of a Big Finish audio. Ace is so young, yet so tough, exactly what the Seventh Doctor needed, considering how dark this particular Doctor gets before the series ends. But at the same time, they both have their lighter moments as they travel together. All in all, I find Dragonfire a good story. Well, that's all I have time for this week. Until next time, Rachel. P.S. I was at my local state fair earlier this week, and they had an exhibit all about the history of animation. Mm. Most of it Disney-related. Along with it, they had a gift shop that included a decent-sized selection of Doctor Who stuff. Oh. I'm not sure what the correlation is between animation and Doctor Who, but I wasn't going to complain. <laughs> I had to be good and restrain myself of buying too much, but I thought I'd share regardless. PPS. Gen Con is taking place later this week in Indianapolis, and Peter Davison is one of the special guests. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm planning on going one of the days, and we'll be sure to give a report after I go. That's only nine and a half hours, Sean. We could do that. It is. We've done it before. <laughs> We've done Gen Con you, before. Well, you've done Gen Con. I didn't go to Gen Con. I went to Celebration. Oh, that's right. You didn't, didn't go, to go to Gen Con. Gen Con. But yeah, uh, Sean's been to Gen Con. Yeah, I've been to Gen Con. We should totally go to Gen Con. Yeah. When is that? Like next later week? Later this week? <laughs> Take Taking place later this week. Can when you did take she sell this? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw some of her pictures from the the state fair. So. It's August fifteenth to the eighteenth. We can no, do that. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Just call sick. You guys have a good time. Hey, I called Crypticon sick to go to that same weekend. Gallifrey. You can call <laughs> sick to go to Gen Con. I'm already going to Crypticon. I can't do both. Oh, that's right. It is that weekend. But you uh, and Keith could go. No, no, we definitely couldn't because of our work. <laughs> We can't both be on the same Colin sick. Yeah, both of us are both of us Both of us are sick and then start tweeting from the same location. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the interesting, here's the interesting bit of this is that, um, what? I was just telling him I have the next Oh, okay. Half Price Books, no Doctor Who merchandise. <laughs> no, they had Doctor Who merchandise. They, they had no DVDs. DVDs. No much Doctor Who Wait, merchandise. No much? No much. That's where they had the audio CDs that piqued your interest. The I've always found books animation booth at, at the State Fair... Doctor Who merchandise. Yeah, no kidding. Figure that. It's one not out. even Doctor Who animation. It's just it's like just, generic, yeah. mostly Disney stuff. And then they've got like Doctor Who in the gift shop. <laughs> That's whatever they can sell. You know, I figure if you're in there looking at animation, you're probably a sci-fi or Doctor Who fan too. It's true. Now, I'm know? a Disney fan. How I, did they know? I'd have gone in there, and then they'd hooked me on the Doctor Who stuff. And I saw the. She took a snap of the merchandise. It was in there, quite a bit of stuff. It'd have been that would have been hard to restrain myself. <laughs> All right, next up is... David. David. David writes, The Two Peters. That is to say, Davison and Capaldi. So now that I'm able to email you... Hang on. Dear Vortex guys, boys, people, thing. So now that I'm able to interview you, I shall... Woo! 
Peter Capaldi is exactly the kind of doctor I wanted. Actor I wanted. I'm sure he'll be great as the Doctor, as I'm sure about my new favorite author, Stephen King, Red Misery, and I'm halfway through The Shining. Apparently, some fans are saying he's too old or something, but he's the same age as Hartnell was. So, haven't listened to, uh, haven't listened to checks iTunes Dreamweaver yet. So, <laughs> most of this must <laughs> must be covered ground, except for the Stephen King bit. Uh, unless you've been spying. Oh, you've been spying on me, haven't you? Yeah. So, yeah. Woo! <laughs> Peter Capaldi. David. P.S. Quit spying on me. <laughs> we have been spying on you. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I got friends at the NSA. <laughs> we know who you are, and we saw what you did. <laughs> All right. Well, very good, David. Thanks, yes, David. we're. I think we're. I think we echo those sentiments about Peter. Well, Sean and I do. Woo! Keith's optical, op, uh, pet- cautiously optimistic. That's it. Cautiously optimistic. You're going to say pessimistically because- optimistic. <laughs> How exactly does one be pessimistically optimistic? Something was going to tumble out. Of my mouth like that. I'm not sure it was going to be exactly that, but yes. I think I could pull up pessimistically optimistic. Up- Uh, (laughs) Only in America could three verbally challenged gentlemen start a podcast. (laughs) Alex writes in next. He says, it's Peter Capaldi. Hey, guys. Alex here. It's been a few weeks since I last wrote in on account of me of my having spent the last month traveling around India with a group from my college. It was a spectacular experience. Yeah, Mark told us, Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the heads up. Well, he probably sucked all the wind out of his sails. Let's be surprised. Oh my God, you were in India? That sounds awesome. Wow. I wish I could go to India. I can't even go to Gen Con. It's in Indiana. (laughs) (laughs) India. It sounds so foreign. (laughs) He says it was a spectacular experience. Though, of course, being away for so long means I've fallen rather behind on current events. There's not much in the way of Wi-Fi halfway up the Himalayas. As far as I can tell, much has happened in my absence. The royal baby has been born, the new doctor has been announced, and space buffalo prejudice has <laughs> reached an all-time high. <laughs> For good reason. Just the dumb ones. <laughs> oh, I feel guilty for <laughs> hating this space buffalo. You throw prejudice in it. Any, any phrase is like, oh, okay, I should, I, I should be political. Next correct. week, there's going to be some sort of flying saucer that lands on the White House lawn, and our first contact with an alien race for real, it will be a space buffalo, and we'll all oh, go, I'm the space <laughs> We'll be standing on our lawns going, no! Space <laughs> <Next> buffalo. <laughs> Anyway, now that I'm back, I just wanted to send in a little bit of feedback to give my verdict on Mr. Peter Capaldi. First of all, the BBC did a live multinational broadcast reveal show to announce the next doctor. And I missed it? <laughs> just I'm sure, bro- I'm sure they bro- broadcast it in India. Halfway Is that halfway <laughs> Is India still under their uh, kingdom? Aren't they a, they're like a... I don't know. I always get this confused. <laughs> I can't keep why, sort of. Why, why are we going like to tread into those is. waters again? <laughs> I think they're sort of, kind of like Canada. Kind of like Canada, but they're their own country. But kind of. You heard it here, folks. India, <laughs> sort of like Canada. 
Kind of. <laughs> we are so well traveled. <laughs> oh, that's the curry cake. <laughs> I watched Brother Bear with Katrina today. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, David, how was India? Yeah, it's like Canada. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Sort of. Uh, but anyway, number 12. <laughs> there's no Wi Fi there. <laughs> Is that like Canada? I don't want to go to Canada if there's no Wi Fi. <laughs> Isn't that where the Yeti is, though, in the Himalayas? Supposedly. Supposedly. Yeah. yeah. What do you mean, supposedly? <laughs> There's robo- Yeti. A robot Yeti. <laughs> there's Yeti. Robot Yeti. I don't know about a robot Yeti. Well, in Doctor Who, there's a robot Yeti. Aren't <laughs> Yeti real Yeti? That, that, that's that, cryptozoology. Yeti is along the lines of Sasquatch. They're cryptozoological, mythic, right? Yeah. We're not talking about Bigfoot here. We're talking about Yeti. Yeti. Isn't it the same thing? Just in <laughs> snow? I couldn't keep it. I can't keep it going. Sorry. You almost had me questioning whether or not. You know what flashed in my mind? You did think about it. Though. Right? Wait, Yeti? Well, yeah, according you, to Monsters, Sasquatch. There was one of Monsters Universe or Monsters Inc. So, yeah, like, yeah. okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. There could be. <laughs> well, and according to that wild Pixar theory. Did you read that? Oh, they're that, all... That Monsters, Inc. is set in the future? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, I did. future kind, there's a Yeti. Yeah. <laughs> As with was, all things... I, was, I read that, and I was going along with it, going, oh, this is really good. This is, And then they, they started really stretching. I was like, okay. <laughs> now you're just really, really I could, stretching. I can see that here. for some of them, and then... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, number 12... <laughs> I couldn't be more pleased with the decision Moffat and Co. have made. Though I'm not familiar with most of Capaldi's more famous credits, like The Thick of It or In the Loop. Oh, I love The Thick of It. I'm on season three right now, by the way. Wow. So good. Well, there, the first first season was three episodes. Oh, okay. So the second season watch. was five. Well, it was it was three and two specials. And oh. this, this season, actually, the reason I'm still on three is because I think it's like 12 oh. episodes. So, or 10, something like that. I have oh they did a uh, BBC America the uh, Miracle Day or not Miracle Day Children of Earth Marathon today oh did they yeah cool and you can to get celebrate a, and you can get a sticker on get you I don't know I don't know if it's too late Might check too you late. have to check in the Doctor Who not Torchwood oh get out of here for real yeah I, I checked in the Torchwood and didn't get anything oh, Doctor Who I did okay it's a, and it's a it's a sticker of Peter Quality <laughs> Best Buy awesome. Best Buy has a, a, a cardboard dump bin up that's the best of BBC America. And on the top of this dump bin is Doctor Who and Sherlock. <laughs> now the dump bin has, you know. Wait, wait, wait. Let's let's go on record. Sherlock didn't air on BBC America. I know. And it's it's a bunch of these, you know, BBC shows included in the thing in, in the in the bin. And Are they then, on sale? Or are they normal uh, price? Yeah, they're normal price. It was oh. just a, a display ad, I think. But then down at the bottom of the dump bin was uh, Merlin. But it was kind of like. <laughs> You know, still wasn't BBC America. It was kind of like I think it aired on BBC America. Know, Stephen Moffat holding up the entire Enterprise by himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this. That's what this image said to me. At least in the U.S., it might as well be. Yeah, it was like you know, here's the best of J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't throw up uh, call uh, call the midwife or Downton Abbey on there since Downton's pretty you big over think, here. You know, but Downton isn't a BBC production even. 
Oh. But it wouldn't surprise me for best way to do it. <laughs> I think BBC America paid for the dump bin. I, I think, think so? Yeah, oh yeah. I don't think Sherlock aired on BBC America. Maybe repeats. Oh, I didn't get a sticker. It is now the next day. It so. is the next day. Boo. Continue, sorry. I've seen him pop up in a number of places showing an extremely broad range as an actor. For example, he had a supporting role in the first two series of one of my all-time favorite TV shows, Skins. And obviously, he's shown off his skills in the Hooniverse before, both in Pompeii and more impressively, in my opinion, as Frobisher, the civil servant, not the penguin, in Children of Earth. (laughs) Ooh, Peter Capaldi is the voice of Frobisher. Peter Capaldi as the penguin. Yeah. I'd buy that for a dollar. You know who should voice Frobisher? Brian Blessed. <laughs> Could you, uh, I don't know. I just can't imagine I Brian Blessed on that audio. Now, obviously, he's been voiced before on the Big Finish audios, but when I was reading the um, Six Doctor uh, 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 comic that featured Frobisher, I, I just had this kind of, like, smarmy... I did too. Sales, you know, car salesman, uh, used car salesman voice. Who's the, um, who plays the family lawyer in the Adams family? He's got the very thick, black, bushy eyebrows. Are you talking the movie or the. The, movie. the guy that was Nick Tortelli in the, uh, in, in a Cheers? Maybe. I think that's who it was. Keith will look it up. He will Imdabud. Imdabud, that guy. I'm, I'm, I'm Imdabuding. That's in the first one. That's we, not, as we derailed Alex's feedback. <laughs> Again. <laughs> For the third time. He was also the dad in Clueless. At, he, oh, yeah, oh, that oh, is. Um, that's, uh, Dan or Dennis or... I keep wanting to say Dennis name. Farina. And yeah, it's, not he, Dennis, he, it's not Dennis Farina. He it's, was Nick Tortelli on uh, Cheers. Okay. He was Carlos ex I don't remember him on... I, I never watched him that much. It's Dan something. Um... Hydra. Hit Dan. Hydra? No, he wasn't uh, a big multi-headed shush. dragon. Hedaya. Hedaya. Almost there. Let me see. Is there a picture? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was that's Frobisher. Yeah, that's that is. That's, that's Frobisher. That's, that's the guy yeah. that needs to do Frobisher. That's the first thing I ever saw him on was Cheers. So. Which according to you is one of the greatest uh, sitcoms ever. If not the. If not the greatest yeah. sitcom ever. Yeah. He's, done still, he's done a lot of stuff. Yeah. I, Cheers is one of those sitcoms that I will sit down on Netflix and I go, "What do I feel like watching? I'm going to watch an episode of Cheers." And it does, and I'll just like spin the wheel, and and any one of them is great. That's why I don't have to go. Oh, this was one of my favorites. You know, I'll go to this particular one because I can go. Hey, that's one of my favorites. And seriously, it's it's one of the best shows ever. The look of the guy who um, that totally voices Frobisher. Frobisher. That is totally Frobisher. Kind of, I can totally see him being Frobisher. Oh, okay. That's the real Frobisher? That's the real Frobisher. All right. Wait, Rob, wait Robert Jezik. What has he done? He probably familiar. should be British. <laughs> just it's true. Him. He was well, a... No, penguins are not British. He was Brigham Elijah <laughs> Dashwood the Third. Antarctic. <laughs> he was who? Brigham Elijah Dashwood the Third. In... I mean, you went in hell. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was the, uh, the, the bad guy. And he was the recorder in Zagreus. So he's done a lot of stuff that we've listened he's to. He's been, yeah, done well, we'll have And to other listen, stuff that we haven't we'll listened to We'll have to, to listen yet. to him as Frobisher when we get to the... Uh, he was in Red Dawn? Not to be confused with the... Uh, not, the not, not, not the movie. <laughs> he was a police officer in Casino Royale. 
Okay, move on. <laughs> <laughs> you were asking. You said you did ask. I did ask. And he did have him to vote. No, that was all Wiki. That was, he that likes him to start as a Wiki. Oh, it was. Well, he likes the Wiki first too. one. Was, the first one was him to vote. He likes Wiki too. Okay, where was I? I don't have any. <laughs> oh, Sorry, uh, Frobisher, the civil servant, not the penguin. In Children of Earth, where he gave what I consider to be a compelling and complex performance. Overall, I'm highly confident that his portrayal of the Doctor will be both innovative and familiar, and his casting has me even more excited than before for the show's post-50th future. Right, that's all for me. I'm off to start queuing up the remaining episodes of TTV I've missed whilst I've been away, so I can hear your opinions on Capaldi's casting. Apologies for mistakes in this email of the spelling, grammar, and common sense variety. It's almost 1 in the morning, and I'm very tired. I seem to be... I seem to end up adding that to every feedback recently. <laughs> Keep up the good work and happy traveling, Alex. Welcome you back know, from India. The more I we're see, bad, we're glad you're back, Alex. The more Six. I see of Peter Capaldi, the more I'm so excited about him being the Doctor. And and oh. even even watching the, the thick of it, it's it, it's it's so vulgar. He's got such a potty mouth, and I think somebody actually did a mashup cartoon, which is supposedly pretty funny. That's why but, he looks familiar. Was he in something we've seen? He was in Battlefield. Oh, okay. Probably sure he was in Battlefield. I mean, the, 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 actor the voice. Played, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, the more and more I see Peter Capaldi, ah, he's such a perfect pick. He's so good. Gosh, he's so good. Now I need to go back and watch Skins. I forgot he was in Skins, too. Well, My hit, sister was watching Skins. They hit what we wanted. I think that's on Netflix. It is. You know, uh, we had kind of two requirements. One, we wanted a good actor. Okay, check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two, we wanted to see him go slightly older. Hey, does anybody remember check. me saying a long time ago that if BBC and Moffat and the gang are smart, they'll go with a recognized actor, at least in the BB, at least in the Britain in the UK? Oh, yeah. You remember me saying that? I remember you saying that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's him that's celebrating. Him. Oh, that's yeah. going celebrating because, again, audio podcast. You again, I was see right. how close to- <laughs> Again, I was right. Who's next? Which... Someday I'll outweigh all the wrongs. But. <laughs> not, to, not today. <laughs> Up next is Phil. Because I'm fairly certain India's nothing like Canada. <laughs> that was taken out of context. <laughs> Odd Duck Phil writes, comment, question, question, uh, I got nothing. Hey, who beacons? Not a lot to report yet. So I'll jump right in. One, Peter Capaldi. Hey, it's the guy from Pompeii. And, oh, he was Frobisher. The new doctor's kind of a jerk. <laughs> well, wait till you see him and think of it. And he was in the thick of it, whatever that is. I'll just, I'll just pop over to YouTube and see what that show's all about. Pause. I hope there aren't children around. The new doctor's a potty mouth, too. <laughs> all kidding aside, I'm very excited to see what he can do. I know I haven't seen a whole lot of regenerations, but they're so full of potential and promise. How will he be different? What quirks will he adopt or abandon? You watch a doctor for a few seasons, you get to know them well enough, you kind of know what they'll do in a given situation. A new doctor is so full of possibilities. Maybe that's why I was excited for Smith's doctor, even though Tennant is still mine. I was just, I was sad to see David go, but I was ready to see something new. Two, classic who. Through cunning, subtlety, panache, and a free month trial, I got my wife to abandon Hulu Plus for Netflix. Which means I can start watching classic who. Woo! Now, I don't have a lot of spare time right now. And even less time to watch TV. So I don't know how much I'll realistically be able to see. I know that I should start from the beginning. But I'd like to maximize my viewing and watch some key classic moments. And maybe go back to try and watch it all when time isn't such an issue. 
Also, given that 10 is my doctor, is there a particular classic doctor I should start with, or should I just focus on key story arcs? Well, you only have a select amount on Netflix, so you might you, you, might, you might as well just go in order, because there's like 13 stories on Netflix or something like that. That's if there's even that many now. It's good that you'd like to maximize your viewing and watch some key classic moments, Phil, because that's better all that Netflix has. Unfortunately, those key moments aren't on Netflix. Yeah. Well, uh, the Aztecs is still on there, I The Aztecs is. Yeah. But like Genesis of the Dalek. Yeah, so it's gone. Um I'm pulling it up now. Yeah, I, I, in fact, I just went through it the other night. Um, Spearhead from space. Spearhead's on there, so there I, I would say I would stories. say that's just it. There's no Troughton now, right? They took all the Troughton off. No, Mind Robber's on there. Mind Robber is on there. See, you got Aztecs, see, Aztecs and Mind, Mind Robber. Definitely do those. Spearhead in space. Definitely do that one. Um, the Three Doctors is City on there. Three Doctors is on there. I would I would. Recommend that one. Carnival of Monsters. Carnival of Monsters. City of Death. Green Death. The, the, the Green Death. On the Arc Which we're getting ready. You can join us for Friday Night Who yeah. next week. Yeah. If it stays on there, I think the closer they get to that releasing on DVD, they might drop that one off. You think? Yeah. Although Spirit stayed on there when it released several months ago. So. And then it's going to be releasing again. Well, just the Blu-ray. The Blu-ray. It's been right. out in the UK yeah. for a while. Though. I don't, for some reason, we got delayed on it. And then the, also the Ark in Space. Which is a good one. There's a of Mars. Or yeah, Fourth Doctor. Another Fourth Doctor. See, there's a lot of good ones on Netflix. There's a lot of good ones on Rock. There are you're, a lot You're really of good not going to... You're not going to... I would skip collection number 10, 11, 12... He says collection. It actually says series on there. Don't no, be it says collection. Oh, it does? I it have says, it right here. Oh, it says it series says on mine. Collection. Oh, maybe they just changed it because I was just on there the other night. It 13, said series. Basically because not all of the key to time is on here. Is Pirate Planet one of them that is? See? Season. Rivos. Huh. And it says that on my iPad, too, because that's where I was looking at them. Pirate Planet is. Pirate Planet is. Phil, I don't you know could, what it looks like on the you TV. You can watch Pirate Planet just because it's a yeah, Douglas Adams. Yeah, it could be all right there, but... There, you it's, will obviously it's, miss out on the overall story It's missing arc of two of, time. of the Key of Time, right? It has it's four the, of the six. It doesn't it's, have... It starts, the Key of Time starts with Rivos, right? right? Right. So Rivos. Rivos. And then it goes... Rivos. 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 It's Rivos. Pirate Planet Scarrow. is next. Right. Right. Then Stones of Blood, which is not on there. Stones I don't of think. Blood is not. Right. Andrew's Andrew Terra, Terra is. is. We do this every single time. Power of Crawl is. is. And then, but then Armageddon. The final one, the final one is. Armageddon yeah. Factor so. is not. I would. I, of those, I would go with Pirate Planet. Yeah. Uh, Phil. And City of Death. Definitely watch that one. Definitely watch that one. That's um, a good point, though. Maybe skip Leisure Hive until you want to get. Phil, let me suggest. And you correct me if I'm mostly wrong. Four doc, four correct doctor. me if I'm wrong. I think Phil, based on his just the taste that I know of, and Sean, you know him better than I do, but just from the what I've gleaned off of his flavor, <coughs> his flavor. <laughs> I think he should start with the Fourth Doctor. I think he would like the Fourth Probably. Doctor. Probably. And then, if I were to go from there, then I would either do a Peter Davison or a Pertwee. Probably. And then from there, I'd work. I think you could work out from there. Any, anyway. you could probably do Troughton since yeah, Mind Trouton. Robber is the one that's on there. Yeah. Trotten. Which really, I mean, I mean, if that's if you want to jump there, around, if you want to go in order, go in order. But I think just to get kind of a, a to get into it because it is an acquired taste for some, and I don't know if it will be for you, Phil. But just I would, I would jump into, the, I would jump into the Fourth Doctor first. I think that's a good suggestion because yeah. the, also you have a bigger variety of options for the Fourth Doctor because there's more stories mm-hmm. on Netflix. Fortunately, the the one First Doctor that's on there, which would be. Not, maybe not so much for Phil, but for new viewers, doing anything in black and white, that old, 
is going to be tough. But fortunately, you can steer them towards Aztecs, and Aztecs a great story. Yeah. So that's true. I'm glad that one is still on there, representing the first Doctor. And Davidson but each only of them, has like Earthshock and yeah, Earthshock's caves. not on there. Caves Earth not. Not. It's on. caves and visitation. Yeah, visitations. Huh. On there. And then I think it's Curse of Fenric is the last one. Yeah, Curse is the on. list. Well, there's there's a isn't there a, there's a sixth Doctor is there? in there? Maybe it's maybe there isn't I anymore. I don't is. think there is. There didn't used to be. Well, uh, yeah, because Twindalim or something was on there a long time ago. Or was ago. it Vengeance? No, it might have been Vengeance. Uh, anyway, Odd Duck Phil. P.S. A quick last airbender addendum. You need to watch them in order. It's very serial, and even the quote-unquote filler episodes tend to have characters, events, and ideas that will be revisited down the line. The first half of Season 1 can get a little dry as they establish the main characters. But once the winter solstice arrives and the hero's task is revealed, the show really gets going. Season one's a lot better after you've seen all of it and you go back and watch, as it's amazing to see how the characters have progressed as well as seeing hints of things you didn't catch the first time around. It's anime-influenced Western animation. It's anime-influenced Western animation. So if anime isn't your thing, the art may turn you off at times, but the story, characters, settings, voice acting, music, and action are all top-notch. See if you can. I'm going to take your word for that, Phil. I think that's probably true. Unfortunately, it does not, still doesn't pique my interest, so I will try it, but it'll be a long time down the road after it, it's just going to be put in line with a lot of things. Because, I, like I say, I've, and I, I haven't seen it in order. I've seen several episodes as, as it was on when my daughter would be watching it, but it just, there was nothing in it that appealed to me that was I thought was very Maybe good. that's one of those things that since Caitlin's watching Doctor Who with you, you can say, I'd like to watch Last Airbender, will you watch it with me? And yeah, maybe. Oh, well, that's a good well, idea. She, she just watched it from time to time because it was on. It's, yeah. it was, I'm not even sure she was watching it. It was probably on between shows she was watching. <laughs> oh, it was one of those. Yeah, yeah. It's so, still on it's my list. Like it's, was... it's definitely one I want to watch. I just haven't yet. So. Besides, I'm going to take the... Endeavor that that Sean did, and go back from uh, um, start with Batman the animated series and rewatch all of that, we'll watch all the way up through. All right, next up is Holly. Holly. Holly's uh, line. Uh, what do you call that? Subject line. Subject line. I don't know why I can't remember that. <laughs> it's Seventh Doctor, Shockwave, and Dragonfire. Hey guys, great last podcast. Brenda, looking forward to seeing some pictures from your trip to Cardiff. I hope that you had a fantastic time and your performances went brilliantly. Dragonfire. It's been a few weeks since I've seen this and I'm going from memory here as I'm on holiday for a few weeks. We see the return of Glitz, the departure of Mel, and the disappearance or the appearance of Ace. The disappearance. The appearance of Ace. I enjoy the story and the interactions of the Doctor and Ace, Glitz and Mel. Chrissy, I'll say it again, your idea about audio versions with Glitz is a good one. Shockwave. This was a good audio. Sophie Aldred did a great job switching back and forth between narrating and doing the voice of Ace. Sophie had the Seventh Doctor's uh, intonations down. Uh, 9J was an interesting character at first. I wasn't sure... Oh, I'm sorry. Was an interesting character. At first, I wasn't sure I could trust her, but her actions at the end proved me wrong. The appearance of Eleven through the Psychic Cube was neat. Uh, Ace caught on right away as to who it was. Loved Eleven's comment to Seven about being nicer to Ace. No space buffalo this time. <laughs> Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on the episode. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. 
I feel marginally Enjoy your bad. holiday. Yeah, no, no lie. I feel marginally bad. Wasn't Holly the one who kind of liked the yeah. the Sixth Doctor one? And we kinda, <laughs> she liked the Space Buffalo. She liked the Space Buffalo, and we bagged on it so badly. So. <laughs> well, to each his own. I teach her. That's true. I, just, yeah. I always feel bad when I disagree with one of our listeners. <laughs> I, I do, too. But then on the flip side of that, I know there's there are stories that I just absolutely hold dear, and people what? I can't believe you like that. Yeah. So. <laughs> Android invasion. <laughs> Invisible enemy. Brain Amorius. <laughs> uh, Brain Amorius is good. I think a lot of people like Brain Horror Fang Rock. Oh, that's a good one too. I like that's, that one one. My, that's one of the ones I enjoy. Uh-huh. Invisible uh-huh. enemy. You said, yeah, power. You said <laughs> Invisible you said enemy already, and I didn't no, connect I didn't say Power Crawl. Stones of Blood. Stones of Blood. Oh. See, I don't like yeah. Stones of Blood. See? I don't feel bad when I disagree with you. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Because he signed on for it. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> These other people are listening to the goodness of their That's arms. a good point. <laughs> Fair point. Speaking of one of those, it's Chrissy. She writes, back and back to Purvale and time for tea. Paravale. Paravale. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. Dear Vortex Boys. Just like Canada. <laughs> kind of. Sort of. You know, I had a whole big response prepared to Glenn's story about the ladies he heard at his library talking about how P- Peter Capaldi wasn't young and good looking. My response was along the lines of, I'm ashamed of that fellow librarians. That fellow librarians would say stuff like that. And at least no one I know personally feels that way. But then I went to work on Tuesday and talked to a coworker of mine. She's about my age, maybe a year or two younger. But all she said was she wasn't going to be watching Doctor Who anymore because they cast an older guy to be the Doctor. So that blew my, but that blew that response to pieces. Tuesday was just a bad day all the way around. Long story, you know. Nicolette, a new employee that works with us, uh, is a Who fan. What? Yeah. You didn't know that? I did not know that. Uh, and she asked me what I thought about it, and she's going to continue watching because she's younger than me. But <clears throat> she was kind of disappointed by the casting too. I don't know why I just thought of that. Probably because she There's mentioned the co-worker. There's people out there that were disappointed. But she's going to give them a chance. Yeah. See, that's that's all I ask. That is all I ask. Unless they had cast a space buffalo, <laughs> <laughs> I might stop watching at that point. <laughs> Uh, now, if it was Brian Blessed playing the space buffalo <laughs> who was playing Doctor Who, I'd stick around. <laughs> but if it was just a space Brian buffalo... Brian Blessed, don't be a space buffalo. <laughs> uh, uh, she continues with, I'm going to speak as a young-ish female fan when I say that I think Peter Capaldi is very good-looking. I think he's a handsome man. I, I agree with you, Chrissy. But I'm more interested in how he's going to play the part... And what he'll bring to the role. His looks, and this extends to any actor's looks in any role, are just a bonus, really. My enthusiasm for the announcement has not lessened in the slightest, and I know I'm not the only one. I've seen, I've seen pl- plenty of posts on Tumblr already shipping 12 and River, so there certainly hasn't been any slowing down of the sh- in the shipping department. That being said, I do think there have been some very immature comments made by fangirls about Peter Capaldi, and there have also been some very immature comments made by some in fandom about stupid airhead fangirls as a whole. And that's not acceptable either. 
Sean I'm not talking about you Vortex boys at all. <laughs> Nothing you guys have said has crossed any lines. Yeah, Sean had one incident, but it wasn't on the show. It was on Twitter. <laughs> I was sweating a little bit. <laughs> I didn't see that tweet. Oh, this was early. No, no. This, this, was, was, my, this was his embattled oh, my, 12-year-old. 12-year-old. I was defending your okay. doctor, the 12-year-old who... I just, saw half of that conversation. Yeah. And, and most of that conversation, it, he didn't realize they were 12 until I chimed in there and kind of pointed out that she was 12. <laughs> But I think he felt bad. <laughs> she continues with... I will never forget that. I'm going to go back in your stream and find that Twitter stream. That was... A- she was being a space buffalo. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can just see Sean. Imagine he's having a battle of wits with some 20-year-old... This is a stimulating conversation. <laughs> and then me coming in and popping his bubble. And he realizes she was 12. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go on. She says, I think everybody needs to calm down and quit being jerks to each other. I know in some cases that's like asking a cat to voluntarily get in the, voluntarily get in the bathtub, but for pity's sake, <laughs> do we have to fight about something that we all supposedly love? How about this? Whether people are moaning about one actor's age or whether people are moaning about a particular section of fandom, might I request that you either button it or locate the nearest TARDIS exit and leave the rest of us to enjoy this new Doctor Who, this new chapter of Doctor Who history in peace. If anyone wants to apologize for those dumb comments, we Whovians are a forgiving bunch. You can blame your lapse in propriety on the space buffalo if you like. <laughs> we blame everything else on that guy. He has officially, he has officially been elevated above the Merca. Oh, because the Merca was endearing. <laughs> for all of its faults, for all of its flaws, for all of its what happened here, the Merca has character. A space buffalo, not so much. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I remember. She, is that it? No, she continues. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. That's, that's all on the subject. So okay. if you want to, well, <laughs> do we want to change? I've, yeah. I've, I've got to mention that that goes along with what she's talking about. Go ahead. Well, it's funny that we, we're we're discussing now, and, I, and we we've, we're guilty of doing it as well. That we're discussing this like divide in fandom now. But to, to be quite honest with you, and it must be because I don't go to certain places. The only thing that I've seen, other than the hearing, overhearing the ladies at the library, the only place that I've really seen this discussion of fans that are upset about Peter Capaldi and because, that being older and not as attractive is through fans <laughs> that are mad that that's happening. I, seriously, as still, the overwhelming amount of responses that I have seen have been positive about Peter Capaldi. And I don't see this huge divide in fandom. I still see this little microcosm of people that are going to kind of drop off, and that's fine. But I think it's Which maybe it's because of, of where I go and get my Doctor Who news and 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 so and network with Doctor Who fans. But I'm I really only hearing it through the people that are saying, you know, that it's being said. 
I'm it would, it would be it akin to being actually... a Democrat and never watching Fox News to know what was going on <laughs> on the other side of the equation. <laughs> that's a good point, but no, no, but that's no, where I, I mean, because that's where, where that's, yeah. you know that's, that's where, where you got that's everything. That's where I go from. to the MSNBC instead of Fox, right? Exactly, exactly. That you never hear the other side of it because that's not your circle. But it's it's funny that I I keep we we we're sort of swinging this and making it sound like this big divide, but I don't I don't think it is. I think it's minor. Because well, I still have heard this overwhelming uh, acceptance and and just jubilation that that Peter Capaldi is the the new doctor. So I, I, I think for the most part, I don't think we are farting, fight farting. I don't think we are fighting over this. I think we're got the, a few fringe people that not French French people. <laughs> well, they might be French. I don't, we well, don't I don't want to offend anybody. Well, French except and, for the Canadians <laughs> or the Thailand <laughs> or the Indians. <laughs> They don't have Wi-Fi there. <laughs> they don't get our show. They have Wi-Fi in Canada? No. You said it was no. just like India. <laughs> Apparently there's no Wi-Fi in Canada. I don't know what I was talking about. Go. Keep Sorry. going. Go ahead. What were you going to say? There's, there's at least one 12-year-old who's really excited about Peter Capaldi. <laughs> you know why? Because it's not Matt Smith anymore. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say that. It's, I, I, I just imagine. I, I haven't seen a lot of it either. Uh, and I just imagine it's the same group of people that are upset it's, that it's not David Tennant again. David Tennant's dad. <laughs> hey, David Tennant's dad's the new doctor. Have you seen the pictures of Peter in glasses and then the scene of Rory in glasses? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uncanny. Yeah, it really is. He looks like an old Rory. Yeah, really? He does. Yeah, he really does. Well, see, fangirls, there you know what to have to look forward to. <laughs> now, I just I, I remember when Star Trek Voyager was on, and we got through the third season, and then the fourth season debuted, and we introduced or they introduced Seven of Nine as a character, Jerry Ryan in a cat suit. Okay, so this ain't your dad's board. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we. we we know what you're trying to do here. You know, you're not really fooling anybody right. with this new dynamic. You, you've put a very hot chick in a skin tight outfit. You're, you're going for sex appeal. Right. That's, that's it. Pure and simple. As a fan of Star Trek, I was offended. Now as a guy, yeah, I was thrilled. Bring her on. I'm ready to see what, what adventures we get here. But as a fan, I was a little put off by the whole idea just from the fact that they, they were casting purposefully. They were creating a new character purposely to try and, and get this younger male demographic, which is the supposedly sought-after thing. And I, and in a way, I can say safely say that I think that's one thing that the BBC is not looking into because if it was all purely about eyes in front of screens... Surely they would have gone for a female doctor to appeal to that young male demographic. It's so important. Well, no, I, I think they'd have made Clara the twelfth doctor and called it good. There's but. a lot of factors in there, and I don't think it's. I mean, I think young and attractive probably was in there. It just got outweighed by other factors, and yeah. I, I, I no, I. I we spent so much time. Well, on. It's, I, I, it is. It's interesting. This is this is kind of the news. This is yeah. what the pulse of you know people are continuing to discuss and talk about. So. Well, apparently not. <laughs> well, at least in that microcosm, we think they are. Not in India, but possibly not in, India. in France. Possibly, <laughs> possibly in France. Chrissy says that's all I'm going to say on the subject. On to much happier topics. 
And thank you, Brenda, for providing us with your report from the Doctor Who experience. I was very touched by your description of the different things you'd seen and how you thought of all of us back home when you saw them. It made me feel like I was actually with you at the experience. So thank you so much for sharing with sharing that with all of us. I can't wait to see your pictures when you get back. Here, here. I thought Len made a motion she, that he was going to no, say something. No, when did she come back? Because I don't know. She's I, still I over there. Kind of, kind of, is she still over there? I think she is. I had kind of hoped that we would see something by now. But I thought maybe she got... Maybe she did get back, and she's because just la- last week, last week she to went to the Harry Potter thing. During last oh, it week. was it was it was towards the end. Is what yeah. you, you said that she was over there doing that. So, so when you go to when you go to London, you don't go for a week. No, you got to make that plane fare worth it. Yeah, because it's an expensive flight. I'm planning on spending a month. I think that's a good solution. Yeah. <laughs> What? Uh, Chrissy continues. <laughs> Are you looking? What? You can't afford a month. A month to... Sure, I could. You sleeping in a hostel? Or... Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, then maybe. I'm going to stay with Alex and, and, and Mark. And <laughs> we have enough friends over I'm there. Gonna, I'm, 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 and, and Robbie. I'm going to. Hear that, Alex, Mark, Robbie? I'm going to farm out my time staying at other people's houses. It'll be like the Traveling the Vortex Bed and Breakfast Bureau. <laughs> we'll podcast for food. You provide him a bed and breakfast, and he'll provide the entertainment. I'll put ferrets in my trousers. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Uh, Chrissy continues, and now we continue our march to the 50th anniversary with the 7th Doctor and reviews. Dragonfire. I quite like this story. It's a really good introduction to Ace, and we even get some neat backstory for her character. Though how it's possible that she ended up on another planet via an experiment with explosives gone wrong, well... Time storm. I read fantasy novels. I've suspended my disbelief for worse. It was a time storm. <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. She described it as a time storm. And ever since I heard her say time storm, the, like the third or fourth time I saw this she t- story, but when because I used to think the same thing. I thought, she got from like 20th century some London. potent Niger 9. <laughs> to some futuristic planet. And I never could figure that out. I thought that was so weird. And then it wasn't until my second or third viewing that she described, you know, the explosive experiment, and she got whipped up into a time storm. And I went, huh. Never has one word fixed (laughs) a problem so adequately. Time storm. I'm I'm that good. It was just like time bandits. A group of midgets (laughs) broke into her bedroom during the middle of the experiment and carted her off through a hole on a map. Time storm. I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Works. Just for uh, you, when I get around to writing the Seventh Doctor short story adventure, I'm going to call it Time Storm. Oh, yes! <laughs> That's awesome. Ooh, you know what would be really cool? Is if, if I wrote a Seventh the, Doctor short story. The explosion yeah, triggers the Time Storm, but the Seventh Doctor has to deliver her safe, safely through it, but unbeknownst to her. And she ends up Ooh. here. And if the Doctor hadn't been there, she would have died in the Time Storm. Or she would have died in the explosion. And somehow he has to create the time storm in order for her to I do survive. like that. You write that. Okay. <laughs> Did you, you saw we were volunteering you to write some other stuff. Yeah, you? I saw okay, that, yeah. Apparently I have to write an erotic romance novel. <laughs> Mel and Glitz. Mel and Glitz now. Oh, Chrissy continues. 
I could make so many jokes, but I'm not going to. And for all the talk that the McCoy era suffered <laughs> the most from lunch money budgets to sets and the costumes and effects look pretty darn good in this story. I was sufficiently impressed, all things considered. Sabalon glitz is back, which is fun. Do I like to know what happened to Dibber? I also liked Ace and Mel's interactions, and this makes me wish that they could have both traveled with the Doctor for a few episodes. But I guess Mel wanted to travel with Glitz instead. Draw your own conclusions here. <laughs> so we ended up with what eventually becomes the last companion depart- departure for Classic Who. One thing about the infamous cliffhanger at the end of Episode 1, I watched the documentary on the DVD, and there's a bit where Sylvester McCoy talks about how the script said the Doctor was supposed to accidentally slip off the edge of the slope and only hangs on by his umbrella, and that was going to be the cliffhanger. But there was some miscommunication with the set design team. They didn't build the set quite right. But there wasn't time to fix it once they figured out that something was wrong. So the Doctor ended up climbing over the railing instead, of, instead and that's why the seems, scene seems weird. <laughs> at, what point, otherwise. at what point do you think, well, I'll just climb over the railing and that'll fix it? <laughs> I would think slipping and like sliding underneath the railing would have been a better option. Yeah, because yeah. there's nothing underneath. Yeah, there, I mean, really. was they kept gap. going over it, but you might as well just crawl under. Well, and and McCoy pantomimes sliding around in the ice so much during that it's, story. Yeah, poorly. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, it's hard to slide around when you have a bunch of styrofoam. It is. On no, I, I totally agree. It is difficult, <laughs> but especially when all that stuff is there. If you're going to pantomime it and you can't pull it off, don't do it. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah. a good, it's a valid point. Yeah. Uh, she continues with Shockwave. This is a pretty solid story, but coming after Space Buffalo, it's downright genius. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing really over the top or out of the ordinary here, but that's why it works so well. It's almost like we've had so many stinkers with this Destiny of the Doctor line that anything that's moderately good is seen as very exceptional. Sorry, I'll get into that in a moment. Mind blown. Go ahead. Either way, I enjoyed listening to the story. I liked its straightforward plot line, and the Doctor and Ace land somewhere, and they weasel their way into a position of power. There are lives in danger, and they need to save somebody, and they find this mysterious message sent by the 11th Doctor. They save people, or someone else close by saves people, and that's the end of the story. It's well acted and performed. I love Sophie Aldred's imitation of the 7th Doctor. She's really good at it. And I can't find anything bad to say about it. Prisoners of Time 7. Ace is one of those one of the few people who can get away with wearing a leather bomber jacket with a Victorian dress. <laughs> or maybe it's just the way she's drawn. Anyway, another solid entry in the Prisoners of Time range. The Ainley Master gets to dress like the Roberts Master. <laughs> so maybe that's a direct homage that Eric Roberts being inspired by Anthony Ainley. Or maybe I'm reading too much into the story. <laughs> We also find out that the Master is in league with whoever is abducting the Doctor's companions through time, but not much more than that. Who's left for this mystery villain to be? I guess it could be Turlo, though I think I did think a Chameleon as well. Or it might be someone that we've never heard of before. I sort of thought it was Chameleon because we. it makes a comment of he's working with an old friend or something. Yeah. yeah. Either way, oh, but he said an old friend of yours. Yeah. Or should I say companion? That's true. Either way, I enjoyed this one. 
I'm done rambling for this week. I've had a great po- have a great podcast, everyone. But she writes, that's not it for this week, because <laughs> she sent in a PS. She says, I saw it on Facebook that it's Keith's birthday. It was or will be. I couldn't find the actual date. Yeah, why doesn't it say on your Facebook I've page? With the date? Oh. From your friends, too? From everybody. Bastard. <laughs> I couldn't find the actual date. It's okay, date. I texted Sarah and found out. So. <laughs> if I'm late with this. <laughs> Many well, apologies. So, no, happy birthday, I thought it was, but it wasn't. Yes, it is now officially my birthday. I think we've talked happy about birthday. it being a couple of days after uh, Caitlin's, but I couldn't remember I've just never been one of those people that like to get a bunch of attention for my birthday, so I don't put it out there. Hmm. Okay. That's just how I've always been. But thank you very much, Chrissy, for the birthday. But you realize those of us that know it's your birthday are going to put happy birthday well, on Facebook, and then you're going to just follow, it's going to be followed by a string of happy birthdays. I didn't know it was so. your birthday today. Very good. I didn't say it was a perfect plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So although we're reviewing I, don't, I think I think I left my Google my birthday on the Google because I was curious to see if it would do what it did. Oh for yeah, you. yeah, that's right. So go and wish me happy birthday on Google Plus, please. Okay, because we'll <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it for my sister. That's right. You told me that. All right. <clears throat> so shall we move on to Dragonfire? Or do you want to do well, let's do Dragonfire because Ace is in all of these, and since this is an introduction, let's okay, that that's one. that's a that's a good uh, Ooh, small text. I'll buy that for a dollar. Really? Smaller than normal? <gasps> that must be a lot of stuff on the disc. The box. They to make the box bigger. What? The, the special the, the the stuff that's on the disc. The box, box in for the extras, not the DVD box. Is this oh, bigger that, than normal? This? Yeah. I don't think it's... The text is smaller, but I think it's smaller. Yeah, so the extra box? Okay, yeah, I see what you're saying. that's what I mean. Is okay, that, I that why maybe they I, made I, the I think, text smaller? Yeah, because, that could be. Okay. I don't know. Pull a... Well, not compared to that. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, no slight. Maybe it's a 7 Yeah, but look how, tiny the, <laughs> look how tiny it is on that one, too. It must be just the no way No one can they're... see this. <laughs> oh, you got ghost light. Yeah. It came. You know what it is. Keith's birthdays today. His eyesight's starting to fail. <laughs> <laughs> One year closer to the thirty. You're only twenty nine still. Yep. Good lord. I do. <laughs> I'm only twenty nine by like an hour. <laughs> You're so young. <laughs> and your eyesight's already starting to fail. <laughs> as long as I've had glasses. Okay, Dragonfire. <clears throat> At the Ice World Space Trading Colony on Svartos, the Doctor and Mel unexpectedly encounter an old friend. The penniless and desperate Sablong Glitz has only one opinion option to leave Svartos. Find the fabled Dragonfire treasure concealed somewhere in the depths of the planet. Joined by Ace, a teenage waitress with a love of ex- for explosives, the group ventures off to uncover lost riches. Not knowing that Kane, Ice World's ruthlessly intimidating overlord, will gladly murder them all to gain possession of the dragon fire himself. Before long, the doctor's the doctor finds himself playing a deadly game of cat and mouse with Kane's mercenaries descending through the ice caverns ever closer 
towards the deadly gaze of the monotonous of the monstrous dragon that lurks below. That's why they made the text so small. They felt like they had to get all of that in there. Below. Is that the end? Lurks below, yes. Lurks below. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. That was a good level of dun, 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 Sean. Thank you. I've been reigning in my excitement for you. <laughs> Always long. Is, Standing a, in front of a mirror practicing. This is dun, a story dun, dun. I have seen multiple times, and which is odd for me because I, you know, back in the day I wasn't a huge fan of the Seventh Doctor era, but... Um, despite the this is probably my fourth viewing of this. <clears throat> mine, this, this mine too, I think. Mine first, but, <laughs> but my first time all the way through. Oh, is that right? Well, well, this might through? be only my third all the way. Did through, you give up but. at the cliffhanger? Um, He's never going to survive that. I can't come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, show's over. <laughs> um, when the first time this came on, I caught. Bits and pieces of the latter end of it, and didn't realize what it was. The latter end. The latter end. Not the latter. Oh. Well, now the latter end would have the latter. The hind end of it, <laughs> where I didn't realize what it was oh, I see. because I didn't. It was the first McCoy I'd ever seen. I didn't recognize the doctor or anything oh, like see. that. But just, just the look of it, something said to me, "This is Doctor Who." <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just instinctually knew that's what it was. I think I zeroed in on the umbrella. But. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. And the best. <laughs> um, and the best. <laughs> and then, uh, so I, I was like, well, I don't want to jump ahead. I, I mean, want to, you it's know, British wobbly sets, question marks, <laughs> sci-fi. Hey, this must be Doctor Who. There's a dragon. <laughs> but I, I, I think I instinctively knew it was Doctor Who, but I didn't want to watch it because I hadn't seen any of the beginning parts of it. So I, 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 I you know, watched 20 minutes or so and then turned away. And then I came back and caught the beginning, most of the beginning episode at one point in time and realized, oh, I think this is the one that I kind of saw that first time. And I couldn't get through it. I turned it off. It was, it had reached that kind of height of ridiculousness where it just, I was, it was aiming just low enough below what I was accustoming my Doctor Who to be that I was, I just, I just kind of didn't want it. Um, I've since gone back and rewatched it, um, mostly, uh, and then finally got to finish it off on Friday Night Who, and I, I really enjoyed it. I like this story a lot. There's a lot of things wrong with it, but it's, it's just one it's, of those. It's, it's an a enjoyable, lot of fun. It's a, yeah, it's just a fun episode. And it's it's one of those that, kind of like you were saying, it's the ridiculousness is what makes it so much fun, is you can sit back and just kind of laugh at what's going on, because it's, some of it's just played comically. Yeah. And part of that is Glitz is such a fun character, and it's so fun to see his interactions with the Doctor. Yeah, <clears throat> I think I've seen this a, a number of times. Not because I mean it's good. It's a good story. I like it. I enjoy it a lot, and I enjoy it enough to watch it again. But it's not because it's one of my favorites or anything. But I think ultimately what happened was I went through the run of Doctor Who because I, I was catching up with sixth and seven, and I so I watched six through seven from beginning to end years and years and years ago and I came across this one and there was there were so many stinkers at least that I thought were stinkers back then in the McCoy era with uh, I wasn't I wasn't a fan definitely of Delta and the Bannerman uh, I wasn't a fan of uh, Paradise Towers I wasn't a fan of um, I think I'm going backwards here but uh, <laughs> Time and the Ronnie you know I just I those weren't those weren't terrific Doctor Who to me and so when I finally got to this one and I went 
it was a refreshing change in story, and, was, and it was good, and I actually enjoyed it. And I think what happened is, I, is back when I was watching these, I would I would make a copy for my iPods because I was still photogging, and so um, I would keep a copy on there so I could watch. Well, this one just happened to stay on there, and so when I'd get bored somewhere, I'd I'd watch this, you know. So that's why oh. I'd seen it so many times um, because it's actually it was actually enjoyable. It was still on my iPod, so I'd watch it from time to time, but. I really enjoy Ace in this. In fact, I, I liked Ace from the beginning. When I when they introduced Ace all the way to the end, I've, I've always loved Ace. I thought she was a fantastic companion. It was a nice change of pace to put a younger companion with a, a grandfatherly or older, you know, maybe it's more matriarch or, or patriarch or uncle in this one as well, but uh, rather than the grandfather uh, granddaughter scenario we had originally, we hadn't done that for so long. Yeah, we, I mean, Adric was sort of a minor example of that, but I mean, this really felt like that old. Adric still, maybe because Peter Davidson's so young himself, he well, still felt like uh, younger brother. Not to mention, brother, but, Adric was very intelligent too. Yeah. So they, they they sometimes would put the, the the doctor and Adric on the same level, even when it was you know the doctor. But another thing that I think they had going against them was they also had uh, Lala or uh, uh, yeah a Ramana. Was on board when Adric came along too. So initially, yeah, yeah initially, and then they so. kind of replaced her with Nissa, who was also right. exactly. So they did, you didn't quite get that same relationship, but um, so this was, you know, this was the first time they kind of went back to that, and I thought that was a great idea to kind of go back to this kind of, you know, she calls him professor a lot, and I've always from really the, felt from that the that's the relationship the is a student and professor is really what like she's agree. learning from him as you know as as a student. And I, and I think that, that I get a lot of that from that. So I was kind of surprised like at how quickly she started calling him professor. Yeah, yeah. And But as somebody during Friday Night Who pointed out, apparently she just likes to give people nicknames. <laughs> because she was calling Mel Donut the entire time yeah, for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I want to address the cliffhanger. Because it's, I know we would get there eventually, but I've just I've been thinking. You don't want to save that for a cliffhanger. I have <laughs> never I have never wondered why he stepped over the rail until people started calling that to their to my attention. Because number one, when Glitz when he steps over the rail and he climbs down, my impression is he's trying to get down to another level. That just by the time he gets to the bottom of the umbrella, he realizes that oh, that's a further drop than I anticipated it would be. I felt he was trying; he was finding a quicker way to get down. To, instead of finding a, a longer path to get down there, he thought it would be quicker and easier to go over the rail and hang down and then drop. Then when he gets to the umbrella, realizes he misjudged his height the, the because head-on shot where it's. The, the face of the, mm-hmm. the the ice face makes it look almost like you can see another railing yeah. of a walkway below, or, or just I, the walkway down. And, and I would buy that, but the overhead shot of his feet dangling above this empty chasm. Well, is the problem, like, yeah. but the thing where is, were you but going? here's the thing: is when Glitz finally comes along and rescues him, he doesn't pull him back up, right? No, no he's, he's down below. He's down him. below. Him. Yeah. So that's my point. So when I see that happen. I, 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 I was always impressed the, the, or, or under the impression that when they do the overhead shot, it was more for dramatic effect of, wow, there's a lot of drop-off if he did fall. But I always got the impression that slightly back underneath, it, because it was looking at a certain angle, there was that walkway down there. And Glitz is down there and, and you know, actually... Has enough room on that walkway. And how does Ace and Mel get, get down there? Yeah. 
by a ladder. Going over. That's my point. So it's almost like they realized that you have to go scale down this thing, and that's what the doctor was doing. So it was did Glitz take a did, did Glitz take a longer see, way? You don't see how Glitz yeah, gets down there, so but you wonder if maybe maybe he, he climbed found, down the doctor. Well, he could have, <laughs> yeah, or could have gone a longer route, in which unfortunately then the seventh doctor would have to hang on for a long time. But they don't explain that, unfortunately. Because we, we don't we know how he gets down there, but we know he, he can get down there. So it never dawned on me, or never it never occurred to me that people were confused as to why he went over the rail and hung down there. Because in my opinion, he was doing what he thought was going to get him down to the next level, and that was to hang over that rail. He just, when he got to the bottom, because he doesn't even seem too concerned until he gets almost to the end of the umbrella. And well, then he's, it's start, like, he's starting to slide. Yeah. Like he, he's got the umbrella, and he's right, got his grip, right. and all of a sudden he starts to slide down the umbrella, and he begins to get a little worried. Yes. <laughs> and then he gets to the bottom of the umbrella, and he's like, uh-oh. Yeah, well, then, but then, and then that's the expression of, oh, now I'm in real trouble, and that's why I thought, okay, he's just misjudged how far the drop is. I, so I, I just, I just, I find it funny when people are saying, "Why, why on earth did he just crawl up over the rail?" Why, you know, and I, if he had, if they didn't have the rail there and he had slipped over the side, I would have had a problem with the fact that Glitz gets him from underneath and helps him down. And I thought, well, that's dumb that he slipped over the side because he wasn't going to die; he was going to fall into that level down there. So I mean, it just it. it that's never bothered me that he had to climb up over that rail. There's a reason why he climbed up over that rail. He thought he was going to get down there quicker. <laughs> to get to the other side. Yeah. That's why you climb over a railing. <laughs> and then the whole getting down from Glitz. <laughs> wow. What's... Now, you had said that somebody somewhere said he was supposed to slip. That oh, that's what, what, we, what, we, what we read in the production. According to Wiki... The production says, um, as scripted, the doctor did have a logical motivation for his actions. According to Cartmel, in a later interview, the passage leading the, the passage leading to the cliff was meant to be a dead end, leaving the doctor no option but to scale the, the cliff face. As shot, however, the reasoning became unclear. I don't know, just variations yeah, on a the theme. You know, he, yeah. st- he still went over the railing. Um. Real quick, I want to touch on this because my battery's about to die. Unless I can... I didn't bring my charge cable, so never mind. Um, According to Wiki, the character of Salabom Glitz, with whom Mel left to depart the galaxy, first appeared in Mysterious Planet alongside the Sixth Doctor. Ian Briggs, who created the character of Ace... Got a free one? Oh, yeah, he's got one. Yes, I do. Ian Briggs, who created the character of Ace, stated in Ace's character outline for Dragonfire... She had slept with Glitz on Ice World. Now, I only bring that up because that suddenly... She what? She'd slept with Glitz. Ace did. That suddenly kind of explains why she's so anti-Glitz from the get-go. Right at the beginning. She's very jaded lover. If There's that's... something very wrong with that. Yeah, uh, she's because she's 16. She is, yeah. She is 16. Um, the Paul Cornell-written New Adventures novel, Love and War, implies this. And his later novel, Happy Endings, confirms that Ace lost her virginity to Glitz. Oh, gosh. <laughs> wow. Wow, bold stuff. I, I was quite shocked to read that. So, Well, that explains why... <laughs> Ace has some real mental issues later on, too, in, in, in a lot of the novels. So, to me, at least. Huh. <laughs> interesting. Not trying to bring anybody down, just... I thought that was interesting. Wow. 
I'm well, sorry, she, I interrupted you. you did she feel real jaded when uh, Mel ran off with quits? <laughs> Didn't seem to. <laughs> nope. She was kind of like... Although, does that make Mel a better person? <laughs> because Ace is about to make a huge mistake by t- accepting the coin and going off with uh, Kane, and you know Mel's up there screaming, don't do it, Ace, don't do it, don't yeah. do it. And yet... Mel's going to go off with Glitz, and not once does Ace come to her rescue and say, don't do it. Don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> hmm. I'll be darned. I don't know. kind of explains a lot about her mental fortitude to go after a Dalek with a baseball bat, though, well, too. Yeah, I suppose that's true as well. Interesting. I interrupted I you. I don't remember that's what weird. I was saying. Uh, I thought well, the novels can kind of extrapolate. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't a... 50-page expose on what happened. No, it no, was no. Just I, mentioned, I, I, but. I, it just seems strange that they would do that with a with such a young character. But, hmm. Is that realm, a big deal in England? Especially in the realm of Doctor Who. I don't know. I would think it's probably not as big of a deal in England as it is here. We tend to be more prudish about a lot we of stuff. We are very prudish, but still, 16, that's awfully young. But maybe it's because we're prudish. I don't know. <laughs> I interrupted you. But that theft of innocence there, it sort of kind of really explains some of her character. It does. I thought the whole exploration with uh, Kane and his whole, everything about him was very interesting and the xenomorph dragon totally (laughs) was a xenomorph. (laughs) Because this was even after, yeah, 87, so after Alien. Well, you know, you they, know, they yeah. filmed aliens at a power plant in England. Just the... It's, it's the spine I've, more just than anything. The spine, just the yeah, spine. The rest of it doesn't. Well, the head kind of. A little... It kind it's of looks elongated, like the alien queen. but that's it. Well, yeah. but the queen was... Well, no, yeah. That would have been before that She had the well. huge... Yeah. I was thinking that was post this, but that... No, that would have been before this as well. Why are you not sure? But I thought all of this was very, very cool. Um, despite all of the ridiculousness in it. it it's... Got ri- very ridiculous moments, like... It's trying. It's having trouble installing something. It's trying to install software. Don't want to do that. <laughs> oh, it's... Are you plugged in? Yes. Oh. I just get a message it's saying not charging. installing driver software. Nope. Well, you can't plug it in. You're in a room. Yeah, I do. But you can't get over to me. I'll go across the front. This interruption brought to you by <laughs> Charging Sean's iPad. I don't want to hear it from you who plugs into my port every week. <laughs> Whatever software not installed. Well, no, duh, I unplugged it. Um. <laughs> Interesting. Apparently you cannot charge an iPad off of a PC. Well, I'm sure you could once you set it up and plug it in the first time. Actually, you know what? You can't. It does because PCs don't have enough power coming from, oh. the, charger, from the USB port. Really? I don't think do. I have. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I have a three-point. Yeah, if you own, if you own an iPad and you have a PC computer, you have to plug into a wall socket. I didn't. I would yeah, have I never suspected about, that. I forgot about that. There's actually a program that you can download that will allow you to. We're <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and finish this. There is a program that you can download to your computer that will tell your motherboard to give more. Uh, power to a USB port, and then you can charge an iPad. Mm. So I had to do that at work. That's one oh. reason I know. But uh, yeah, you're, you're natively you can't charge an iPad off of a. You can. It just will tell you it's not charging, and it's it's such a small weak charge that it would take forever to get another percentage. I mean, like 
hours to get like from I think it's that way with twenty percent to twenty percent. Not even. So. Not yeah. So there's just not as much juice going from the USBs, but they are they're designed that way. In the well, because Mel's had my laptop tied up all week with her studying for her. There uh, was a reason why we did that. <laughs> That's why I'm on the, on the iPad. It's also why I didn't get to tweet out all of the fun, interesting tidbits during uh, Friday Night Who as traveling the vortex that I normally give you, so you'll get them now. Uh, Sophie Aldred actually auditioned for the part of the tomboy Ray from Delton the Bannerman, but lost the part to Sarah Griffiths. I think she would have been much better, but I'm glad that she didn't get it because we probably wouldn't have gotten this. Because she wouldn't talk like this? Like everything was at the end of a sentence? (laughs) Maybe they would have made her? (laughs) (laughs) Um... Mel departs, obviously. Uh, Which I, th- I thought that felt very abrupt and strange. You know, here's my problem. One of my problems with this story is Mel has nothing to do in this. It's well, all Ace. Yeah. I mean, Mel. She's she does very, get to throw a few explosives. Yeah, but it's just it's very weak. There's not. There's almost like not a reason for her to be there. Are you saying so, Mel throws like a girl? <laughs> she no, kind of did. I'm just saying she did. She totally. <laughs> it really. I mean, the only the only benefit she has is she kind of talks Ace out of out of going. Yeah. yeah, out of being influenced. And she screamed at the sight of the dragon. Yeah, well, I mean, that's uh, not really a benefit. <laughs> it's not an attribute. Which, which, this kind of, having seen her introduction now and seen her in, this really sums up Mel. It's just kind of random. And... I don't know that she's random. Well, she, just, she, she, she gets thrown in there with no explanation and leaves with no explanation. Well, it's just kind of yes. like a... She's almost an enigma. Yeah. Lang- Langford. Wrapped in a scream. She, she left with an explanation. She was done traveling and she <laughs> fell in love with Glitz. And she well, we don't know for it. sure that she fell I in love with Glitz. Did. I'm shipping it right now. I, we, <laughs> Mel and Glitz. We, I agree with you, Glenn, but the show does not tell us why. Yeah. She leaves. Well, the she show just, doesn't tell us that Perry really ended up with you. Uh, kind of. Yeah, she does. Yeah. There was a line. Uh, line but th- there's just there's no reason why she wanted to leave. I just didn't understand why. Well, she wanted to leave because Langford uh, was dissatisfied with her role. Well, and so well, and then she left on. That must have been why they didn't give her much in this to do in this one. Then they said, "Well, she she thought she was dissatisfied with what we were giving her before." Here's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this is also interesting. The the farewell scene between the Seventh Doctor and, and Mel. Uh, uh, I think that's part of why I, I was so dis... It's a little bit, okay, have fun. It's almost. Yeah. It's so disconcerting the <laughs> yeah. way the doctor reacts to it. Oh, well, yes, time. Who's coming? Who's going? Who knows what's going on? Right. Being very doctorish, but not very seventh doctor. Yeah. Maybe this will explain that. Mel's departure scene was adapted from Sylvester McCoy's screen test. <laughs> Janet Fielding was hired to act as a departing companion and villain. Dr. Dr. McCoy. McCoy stated (laughs) that he always liked that particular screen test script and lobbied for its inclusion to be used in Dragonfire. So Mel was a bad guy? I don't know that. Oh. Screen test script, apparently there was a bad guy. Oh, 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 I see, I see. Hmm. I mean, it's a nice nice bit of dialogue, but it just doesn't feel like it's the right place. It almost should be in, in that great metaphysical... 
debate he gets in with the guard. Yes. That's almost where that should have been. Which I love the fact that the guard continues to engage him on it. It's like a distraction. <laughs> and, and the doctor almost goes on his back the doctor goes a little cerebral there and then suddenly or philosophical and then the guard's keeping up with him. And the doctor is kinda like, Oh, uh well <laughs> And then that exchange when he finally gets away I think she wants to kill us. Oh, an existential. Yes, yes. One of the guard's lines about the semiotic thickness of a performed text is a quotation from Doctor Who, The Unfolding Text, a 1983 media studies volume by John Turlock. Story editor Andrew Cartmel suggested that writers reading the unfolded text to that writers need to read the unfolded text to familiarize themselves with Doctor Who and its history. Ian Briggs was inspired to u- quote the academic text in his script for a playful self-reference. <laughs> oh, nice. Very cool. Uh, one other interesting tidbit here: uh, very uh, the Kane's face melting, uh, although very similar to the death of Tote in <laughs> Raiders of Lost Ark. Uh, uh, because this was a family show, they carefully avoided the color red when they built the bust. I noticed that, yeah. But I can explain. I can rationalize that in my in my head because he's so ice based. Yeah, I that, could too. Yeah, um, no Ronald Lacey, who portrayed Tote in Raiders of Lost Ark was director Cliss Cloud's first choice to play Kane, <laughs> but was unavailable. Oh, that's unfortunate. That would have been very cool. Can you imagine being able to say, yeah, I was a villain in two uh, pieces and, and melted at the end. Both yeah. <laughs> Occupation, face melting. <laughs> I, I did kind of feel like... Oh, now I got to read the script. Oh, now I know where I got this part. <laughs> I did kind of feel like his, the, the dispatching of Kane was very quick. It was. But it would seem kind of like a, clean, oh, I'm though. gonna. It wasn't like I'm just gonna go open the window because my world's have gone. Oh, yeah. it, it made sense, well, but it, it felt very clean. rushed. It, I liked it. 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 it was fine. But I then mean, again, I it sat was through the, this the entire end. thing thinking it was four parts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm like, what are they gonna do next? <laughs> that that that'd have been my bad. <laughs> Did you tell him it was I, four I, I forgot that I'm it was only three. How is most of them in that in McCoy's run was were three? There were a few four. I think Resurrection is. Resurrections of four. Is it four or five? I thought it was more than four. No, it's four. Oh, okay. I don't know. It maybe that's why this one seems to, in my mind, I, I, I think Dragonfire is incredibly well paced. Yeah, it is. And it I totally think is. maybe it's because it's only three I parts so that they don't have to have don't that extra segment that's, of yeah. running amok. You know, we're just. No, gonna, I totally agree. We still have cliffhangers. Literal cliffhangers. And chases and escapes. Literal chases. Oh, wait. uh, Things that work. So half of his stories were three episodes, half of his stories were four. Yeah. Even split. Yeah. Six and six. There you go. But it just just seems like that's, I don't know, maybe three is the nice... Perfect. No. I think three is certainly listening for, to a lot of Big Finish. I man, man, I wish this had been a three part. <laughs> I think I think it is a great pace for Seventh's run because looking at the list of three episodes, Dale Ten the Bannerman being the exception, I've really enjoyed all the three episode, episode stories. Yeah. Sur- survival was a survival was too, yeah. Silver Nemesis, yeah. Happiness Patrol. Um, there was one more. Oh, Ghostlight. I haven't seen that one yet, but. Because Happiness Patrol would have been unbearable at four. That's <laughs> yeah, true. We don't know. That. And, and there have been a couple of ones that I enjoyed that were four, but I do think they kind of suffered a little bit. I think Battlefield could have been better in three. Yeah. Anything else about Dragonfire? I mean, it's a fun one. What, what was up with the the little girl and the teddy bear and the... <laughs> 
horrible mother who didn't know that her child was missing while everybody else was sentenced to, hey, hurry up and get to the spaceship, and then died. We saw this girl running around and doing her thing, and then the mom shows up at the end. Oh, there you are. I don't know if I feel relieved that you survived or not, I, <laughs> quite I, honestly. I really got the impression that they were, they were that maybe it was a something there that was put there and was going to be more. There was going to be some sort of a little underlying thing going on there or it was supposed to say something or be poetic or something. And it's almost like they did it and then a chunk of, it didn't work or they left a chunk out of it, but then they just left that part in there. It was almost like they were... They had to cut for time. Well, it was almost like, a, you know... Well, a, the, when she puts like the bear a, in the cryo bed, that scene in particular, because the computer even starts talking mm-hmm. and it's almost like, oh, this is going to play into his defeat mm-hmm. is that it's not going to be through some right. grand machination. It's not going to be something the doctor comes up with. It's going to be the little girl and teddy bear that right, does right. it. No. Yeah. And, and, I, <laughs> and that's the impression I got is that they were doing, you know, there some symbolisms with innocence or youth or something that just is, is not there. And maybe I, I, I wish I had this disc because I'd like to watch some of the you know special features, especially if there's a documentary or something that would kind of explain it because I've always kind of thought there, there must have been more intended there, but it got left out or got cut, or and then they left what, what was scenes. there. Deleted and extended scenes, only ten minutes of. We didn't watch it, so I don't know. Maybe it would mean more. <laughs> she was kind of cute with the alien, though. Yeah, she was cute. All right. Oh, we didn't really talk about the dragon and his. We didn't talk about the dragon. Do we need to? Slash robot slash. Any number of things. I'm okay. I, I, was, I him, was okay with it. Making him robotic, I think, helped. That it wasn't a literal dragon. That, well, if that was their... Well, I like the idea that it was Literal this, dragon. I, was I'd have been this, disappointed. It was this guardian of this... Yeah. Uh, whatever... Whatever Crystal it was thing. Yeah. yeah. The uh, dragon fire. Yeah, the dragon fire. I, I liked the fact... Some, for some reason, making him a, a, a robotic... Not a biologic helped the costume. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. I think so too. I had it been a biologic dragon that looked like that, it'd have been. Mm-hmm. Eh. Yeah. But being a robot for some reason, okay. Yeah, it's forgiving. <laughs> and being the, the guardian, and then the the, the drill mo- message coming up in the in the uh, Fortress of Solitude setting, <laughs> and, and explaining what was going on and what the dragon was for, and that was it was cool. Which and really, you pair this with. Especially Battlefield. Is that the right one? Yeah. It continues or starts the very Merlin-esque-ness of the Seventh Doctor, which I think is apt for the way he portrays the character. He's on a quest to kill a dragon, or to find a dragon the entire time. I guess I could buy that. I hadn't thought of that. Wow, I hadn't thought of that. I thought of that while watching it. Of course, um, Brittany's tweets about (laughs) making jokes about Hobbit probably helps make, <laughs> make that link easier. So what's next? That was fun. That Drew, Drew, I, Drew did not know that McCoy was, was Radagast. Radagast until I pointed that out to him at work and he went, oh, really? Is there? That would be cool to find it's, a it seems like it's recurring a theme, they were, theme for, that se- for that season. Well, they're separate seasons. I think it's a, it almost feels like a recurring theme for his run. Well... At least on television. Well, but I mean, he had uh, four stories before that that I wouldn't, I can't find any well, connection to. Three before this one. 
Yeah, this one's the end of that first and, season. Oh, it is three, because it, it would have been Time, it would have been Paradise Towers, Delta. and then Delta the Veteran. Yeah. Despite the Cybermen, there is still kind of a... I could, I could see it a little bit in Silver Nemesis. Especially with the trap, the back and forth in Time in Silver Nemesis. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking of, right? Yeah. Or am I thinking of Remembrance? No, the back and forth in Time yeah. where he, he keeps where going back he to, has to go back and, Lady Fancy Pants' yeah. outfit. Uh, Which is almost Arthurian time setting. I thought that was Battlefield. Was that Bat- Battlefield? Was the Arthurian one, wasn't it? Well, that's what, that's the one where they actually reference Merlin as Battlefield, which is kind of where oh, I got the idea right. from. But but in Silver Nemesis, he kind of travels back and forth, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He he goes back to because Lady Fancy Pants is there causing problems, so he goes and, back yeah, in time it's a to find out century sorceress what she knows, and he talks to her alchemist or whatever he is. Oh, that's right. About that's oh, right. he she went to go do this. He goes, oh, okay, and then he comes back. So there's at least three stories where I can kind of see it, and that's only based off what I've seen. You're getting to the point where you've seen most of McCoy's run, but maybe yeah. maybe at some point we'll just watch them in order. Oh, that would help. That would will help that. Yes. Even almost the end of Greatest Show in the Galaxy, a little bit, with the Ragnarok stuff. I don't know why I associate Ragnarok with... Well, even in Remembrance Arthur. of the uh, Daleks, there's kind of this weird Arthurian idea of he buried this hand of, of Omega. Yeah. Previously, and then he digs it up as the ultimate weapon to destroy the planet the, for the, the the Dalek planet. It seems what like you mean like that author's going, name? It seems like there's something going on there. Did I say Arthurian? Arthurian. <laughs> no, like he gets those to destroy the Dalek planet. You know, like that author's name. Oh yeah, name. yeah. <laughs> Scaro. Scaro. <laughs> huh. I, I don't know. I just now I want to go back and watch <laughs> McCoy's era. Again. Ever since I saw Battlefield, I was like, "That's that's what he he really is the Merlin of the Doctors." Mm, yeah. a, a bit more eccentric, a bit more comedic and fun. Because I, despite how most people have portrayed Merlin, I kind of imagine him to be kind of the fool. You kind of imagine him uh, as he was in Sword and Stone. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that you mentioned that, that's we have. I, 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 that's that, always been my Merlin. That's, that's always been my Merlin because more that's, than like. Really, that's your first introduction. Well, as, as, as much as really I've been, as much as I enjoy the Sam Neill Merlin miniseries mm-hmm. or the. Um, I haven't watched the Merlin shows. So Merlin and Excalibur is really the Merlin that I ended up going. Oh, that's probably more like Merlin. But, um, and the Merlin in King Arthur the, is yeah, way far way, removed. Yeah, way removed. But yeah, the. Sword and Stone Merlin yeah, is kind of my Merlin. That movie's pretty far, far removed from yeah. Arthur Based Legend. on historical evidence. Which is why I liked King Arthur as much as I did, because it was more actual fact-based. <laughs> it wasn't, but yes. Well, it would try no, to somebody came up and conceptualized a new story is what they did. It wasn't fact-based. Fact-based. No. They did archaeological research. Yes. They're not even sure which king was actually Arthur. So. <laughs> it was Arthur. <laughs> but there hasn't been an Arthur in the line. That's the point. That's they're, what they were saying. That's sure what the archaeological one. evidence suggested, is that there was this guy from the Roman Legion who was there, but he was there hundreds of years before anybody would have thought that the Arthurian legend happened. And that's why it works. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Don't poo-poo on my rainbow. <laughs> 
All right, well, that's it, I think, for Dragonfire. Yep. We liked it. So we move on to Shockwave. <laughs> Shockwave is next. In the far future, the inhabitants of Tarsus Six face a desperate struggle to ev- evacuate their world before the sun. Before their sun, Tarsus Ultra collapses into a cataclysmic spatial anomaly. Dun, dun, dun! I loved this. This is what I could tell. I could tell. There was not a thing I'm wrong with this I'm not sure I agree one. with your level of dun, dun, dun. Oh, there was not a thing wrong with this, this, this one. This is one of the strongest ones we've had. Definitely. I, I think of, yes. Of, of the of Destiny the, of the Doctor Destiny series, Doctor I will go on so record far. now as saying this is the strongest, best story in the seven we've listened to so far. So I, I thought Battlesphere was still better than this one. But I, yeah. well, I love Battlesphere. I think this yeah. one's... This one was good. I, I think this one was at least There's, there's at least three second. that are about all the same. What was your other one? Uh, second Doctor one. Oh, uh, uh, You're basing that on Jamie's No, part. no, I, the story See, that's in the same way, because this, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that one, but the story was just okay, but the performance was fantastic, so... This, 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 this has everything that you want from a Doctor Who story. It moves, the pacing is good, we land, we have a problem, we worm our way into it, we get in trouble, there's chases, escapes, we're locked up in jail... Uh, you know, and and there's that constant, never-ending threat of this shockwave catching them. Genius, top to bottom, well done. The author of this one really had the uh, seventh Doctor feel. Yes, to it. right. And I think part of it was the the synthesizer music that was accompanied. I think the performance of Sophie Aldred was part of it. But really, it was written in such a way that I this one would have translated to a Seventh Doctor story on TV very easily. Very, very easily. Very easily. And I think that's what made it thoroughly enjoyable. Is I, I listened to this and I could just picture this as a story in Sylvester it, McCoy's it, it, era. It's set within the confines of, of the era so yes. well. Yes. And, and everything was done. Uh, you know, Sophie Aldrich did a fan, fantastic job. Mm-hmm. I loved her narration. Uh, I loved uh, the fact that she was able to slip into Ace. The I, Ace was really I good. I enjoyed... It, it took me a little bit to get used to how she was portraying the Seventh Doctor, yeah. but once I figured out what she was doing, I was fine the, with it the, because she hit kind of what this the is, she she hit it somewhat. But here's I think the thing: she put the accent too thick. Yes, yeah, she did. Is is this is the Scottish Doctor? I mean, yeah. we've always said that, that which I he never has thought of that Scottish, until of this. He does have well. That's just it. It's not as heavy. He doesn't have the the Scottish. What is it? Broke the as as heavy. As she, I felt, was putting an emphasis on the broke. Now she was doing it to hit the R's, I think, yeah. to roll those R's. But I think she just she, she put a little too much interest. Yeah. Well, and the other she thing that I think is having seen him, I think Sylvester McCoy probably toned it down for the show. I think that's probably because he right, yeah. he very much talks like that in real he life. Does. He really does. and I think that Sophie Alford probably spent so much time with McCoy. Offset. Not only on camera but yeah. offset as well. That's a good point. I would agree. That's, that's, good point. She she wasn't necessarily doing the doctor; she was doing Sylvester McCoy. McCoy. That makes and sense. And so that's why it came across that way. And that once I figured that out, I was like, I hadn't thought of that. But, but she still does a fine job. Yeah, yeah I think she, she does. still. I think as as Holly pointed out, she does sort of have that intonation. And that and she, and she, she did a she did a great job with Nine J because I didn't realize at first that that wasn't her. Yeah, she did a really that good was, job with that 9J. was where she just really differentiated in characters was when she was doing Nine J. Yeah, wow. It took me a minute to realize because then when the captain started talking, Owen or Owen, one, they were 
It took me. It took me like halfway through to realize. They oh, were, they were a letter a, and a number. A letter oh, and a number. Each, each one okay. of them were. So you had O one. Oh, and K. I I didn't think of that. Was 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 K six. K six. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Um, when it O1 took me halfway through. To start okay, yeah, myself, so don't feel bad. No, I didn't catch that. All. I, 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 I That's even thinking, cooler now. That's a why, genius. Why is his name Owen and hers is 9J and K6? That seems really weird. And then I realized, oh, oh, oh one. Yeah, that's what I did. I was, <laughs> I was most of the way. I was probably halfway through it when I went, oh, it's a number and a letter, each one of them. <laughs> that's even more cool. Cause <laughs> that's something an alien society would totally do that was an offshoot of Earth. Um <laughs> I believe that absolutely, but just <laughs> <laughs> when he started to talk, I my brain kind of reset for a minute. And went, why did they get a third actor? <laughs> because I was thinking sort of the same thing because I I, I kept thinking Nine J as being another actress, and it was Sophie Aldred just doing a wonderful yeah, job, just doing so well with it. But uh, I loved the the written descriptions. Of the storm and the explosion and the lightning and the tempest and the maelstrom, just all the all, all the verbal language that went into that, I really appreciated. I thought that was I thought that was incredibly well done. Well, it it did a really good job of conveying the danger. Yeah, the the always present danger of it. Yeah, I like that. I just I, yeah, I, I I like the inclusion of the communication box. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it was a question mark on it, yeah. I thought that was a really nice. That's Seven Doctor era right there. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, totally. I love the fact that that they're there to steal. They're there to steal, and they say it. They were there to steal this voice this, of stone. This, yeah, voice of stone. And the Doctor still is putting such a spin on it that well, we're really borrowing it. It's mine anyway. You know, that <laughs> just it was it was just such a wonderful. And, and he just admits, yeah, we're going to steal this thing, but he still has that little edge of. But really, it's okay because it's mine. Well, and it's kind of a nice callback. We're really to just borrowing it. Yeah, it, <laughs> I just got to get a message. That worked on so many different levels because didn't see that coming at all. Mm-mm. Would she finally, you know, okay? Why don't you tell me why we're really here? And of all of the possible things that could have come out as well, we're going to rob a bank vault. Yeah, exactly. What? <laughs> While they're already on the way to the bank vault. So it's it's like, yeah. it's not even the before way. they're getting yeah. ready to. It's like, they're already on the well, way. We're walking to it now. <laughs> so my the mental gears of my mind went, <laughs> okay, switch gear. Okay, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. What, what? And she's Ace is caught up now, and we're going through the thing. And he goes, well, and she kind of starts leading him with this line of questioning about... She's totally leading him in the, in the you know, your, your, your Your pilfering stuff, which brought up... Uh, what's, Big finish was it that we listened to? Where well, that was that was the eighth Doctor one. Was it an eighth Doctor one where he apparently has dabbled into yeah, snaking was, uh, historical artifacts was, out of things the, that are going to blow up? Where Venus is sinking, or not Venus, Venice is sinking. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I know what you're talking about, but I had forgotten about that. You know what I zeroed in on? The the books that the seventh Doctor had borrowed from the library and never returned. Oh, that's, that's the a first good point. thing that I went to was. Well, that sort of you know nibbles a little bit at that idea. The fact that well, he justifies it because he's still just borrowing these books, but he never had intentions of taking them back. <laughs> but I, yeah, so I totally thought, okay, this is where we're going to go with it, and he's he's going to steal something of artistic value because the ship's going to be destroyed. Right, right. No, <laughs> it's already mine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? 
I, I just I love the fact that I was kept off balance through that whole middle well, section of it. It's not even just that, Sean. It's early on. You're trying. We're, they they show up, and you think they're there to help. Yeah, there you go. They're there to help, and you know, prevent something from happening or rescue somebody yeah. when it's going to happen. And you're you're going all along, and he's telling Ace, "No, this this has to happen. This just you know, they're they were not here to to do that." And then when it's the, yeah, it is dropped that well, we're here to rob a bank vault. It was like just like you said, <laughs> and then and then to flip back when you realize that he, well, it, it's it's mine. Yeah, and, and <laughs> like, I, what? I, I love the fact that it was like the hand of a man yeah. all over again. It was like it does. It, it really has echoes it of that. Back. Yeah. <laughs> I love the fact that we 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 get introduced to Nine J through this. You know, is that our cult? Well, first, just again, the setting that you know she's across the platform. It, it reminded me of Close Encounters when everybody's trying to get the heck out of Dodge because they think there's that. Um, poison anthrax gas or something and so it's just this crowded train station and two people happen to meet and you know that we get that connection i love that but she gets rescued and she's on the ship and something bad happens and so immediately we're going oh great it's 9j and we don't spend any time on it yeah she it openly admits yep i'm the one that did it and i'm like oh thank you we're, there's no mystery here because i right i knew who did it and you didn't you didn't keep me in sus- elevated yeah. suspense over that. I, I, really, I had forgotten Nine J was even anywhere. Well, they didn't insult you when they, exactly when the explosion happened. So I thought, as soon as Ace realized, oh, it's Nine J. That's when I realized it was Nine J, which I thought was very, I thought well written. But then the it, 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 I got distracted by the fact of this possible. Threat. And I think you're supposed to, right? Yeah. But it, it wasn't done in such a way that then it was well, like it was a big she had to go afterwards. confront Nine J and find out. No, Nine J, I didn't do it. Well, of course, Nine J did it. But you right. know, yeah. You know, now you're trying to. You with you, we, we're yeah. not even going to bother with MacGuffin. Yes, I did it. And so now you're like, well, crap. What are we going to do now? Because Ace has brought her on the ship, and it's her responsibility. And how's the doctor going to react to that? So then we finally get to the the cube and the message inside. And again, Nine J's kind of background she's kind of forgotten in the rush to get all of this information out and but she's not i mean she is but yeah yeah until it happens and then it's like well i'll take his place and it's like well it's it's a perfectly contained little story i'll tell you it it, some of that is not surprised though because it's it, it, it you're not taken away by surprise because some of it's peppered in because she's conveying her reverence for this device yeah in the meantime, now not over the top. They're not telegraphing that she's going to be the one that takes the place, but she's—you can already tell that she's a little off kilter because or her her religion is shaken a bit yeah. just based on this box. So you see that already, just a glimmer of that. So that when she does uh, volunteer, you're like, it, of course, it's not it like out of left. Thir- yeah. yeah, it's oh, not. Yeah. It, it didn't come out of left field. It's like, wow, that totally makes sense. She's and she even mentions that it wasn't until she heard the the box speak. That it did change, you know, her mind, but it didn't come clear out of left field. Well, it, like, it felt like it was it a gradual so easy- progression. Exactly, it could have so easily been a. Well, the just author just felt like, oh, here's a here's a way to fix this. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it, it was did, it, it was, was all because of that previous conversation Ace had. Yeah. And how strong of a character Ace is in this entire thing. Yeah, and I loved again Sophie's portrayal of the eleventh Doctor. She did a, every. I, I have to admit, everyone who has read the eleventh Doctor has done a really good job capturing him. I think all seven so far have done a good job with it. Of course, Susan didn't really 
do much, but from what I remember. No, there wasn't. I mean, we didn't but they heard him on the radio. A yeah. fragment of it, yeah. yeah. But she did that. But whoever's writing for the 11th Doctor is writing it right mm-hmm. and writing it in a way so it's easy for anybody to you know who it is. Yeah. And I'm, I'm frustrated because I didn't want to come into this one. And th- there was a part of me that was thinking four and seven are kind of my favorite classic doctors. <laughs> are these going to be the two stories out of this bunch that I really latch on to and like the best? And unfortunately it happened that way, but I, I, I've gone back and I've really taken a hard look at the other ones. And I, I don't think it's that I'm showing favoritism. I think it's just that these are written better. No, no, yeah. I, because I, I was worried about that coming no, into tonight. No, I think tonight. you're right. Well, it, it, I, en- I thoroughly I didn't enjoy this. as I didn't think this was as superb as you did. But I thoroughly enjoyed this story as well. And, you know, my stance, on the, although my stance is changing on The Seventh Doctor, the more I am entertained by The Seventh Doctor. But well, And um, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. And one of my favorite classic Doctors is Pertwee. And that was one oh, yeah, I, that was I, I was. That was a stinker. That was yeah. a so stinker. it's not just your view of it. Okay. Yeah. I needed the validation. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about Shockwave? I think I so. Mean, it's it's really well done. It's 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 wrapped up nicely, and uh, the story is concise. The performance is is wonderfully done, and it's it's very well written. So. And if you haven't listened to it yet, it's very well worth your time yeah, yeah totally. absolutely the nice thing about these two and I think we've been saying this all along is they're they're an hour yeah. they're, 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 a, long. they're such a wonderful manageable amount of, of length in order to, to get through one of these you don't have to spend a lot of time with them unlike uh, the so, next life yeah the or next life or Zagreus Zagreus even some of the good ones that are <laughs> a little heavy I wondered why you had that upside down. Then I realized it's because you can't charge with it. The other I can't charge with it. <laughs> Not to go into the comic book. Yes. All right. So the finally, finally, for this review, which we really shoved three in this week, didn't we? I didn't we realize did. we did that. Until, good thing I did all of my homework. Still manageable time. You know, we're we're getting close. We're at two and a half right now. Oh, are we yeah, we, we, we haven't even done the comic book. But the yet, comic books so. never take long, and we had no, a lot of feedback. Don't. Don't. I don't think I've ever seen that image. Of McCoy before. I don't think I have either. Where he is, looks grumpy. He looks very grumpy. Where's my review? <laughs> Where's my file? Uh oh. All right. Well, you or you got a synopsis for this one? Is no. that what you're looking for? No, I'm just trying to look for the file so I can refresh myself while we're through I'm it. Wrapping all up there. And then there's the Quantum Leap cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're absolutely right. <laughs> Okay, well, since uh, Keith's looking for his, Glenn, why don't you start us? Sorry, up? I'm just, I just like to pull it up and. The, uh, do you want to dun 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 this one so we just do all three of them here? Or? Dun dun dun. Uh, you got okay. Actually, of the Prisoner of Time ones, I enjoyed this one a lot. Um, better than some of the others uh, that we've had what's, recently. What's nice is this one, while it builds on the mythology, is its own encapsulated story. It is. It really is. Unlike six, where it left a lot of stuff hanging. Or even five. Or even five that, that has... Just that small... <laughs> where nothing happens. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> this, something actually happens. Right. This has a beginning, middle, and end. 
this really feels like the pacing that we had in the first, the second, maybe not so much the third, the fourth. So you know, yeah. we, we, this would. So I, I ranked this up there with 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 those. And then on top of it, I, th- I did think it was kind of strange to use the master again, because even though we didn't get a lot of master in six. There was a sub story going on there. Oh yeah, that's true. And we kind of got that. I forgot we about got that. left with that because there wasn't there was that really wasn't part of what was going on. So that, then that makes me wonder if part of what was going on there ties back into what he's doing here. See, I don't I don't think so. I think because I, I think that's I think that's a master that was unaware of what's going on. Uh, and this is a master now that, that solely is aware yeah. of what's going on. And I think that was my problem with it. Is that while I, I enjoyed the the idea that you know I, I'm never going to turn down a master story it, and it's completely know? in the master I mean it's it's a completely a master story it's it very is, much it is a master, master plot. using another uh, 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 species or planet or something to his benefit and uh, but the, with disregard for the yeah. repercussions unfortunately the verbal sparring which was so great. You know, but should something happen to your aunt and uncle, you would be the lord of the manor? Yes. The master of the house, as it were? Yes. The master. Well, thanks for blowing the surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know. As soon as the. No doubt in my mind now that this guy is the master. As soon as the doctor engaged in that conversation and basically lambasted him, engaged in that combative uh, discussion. I already went there before he got to that point. I already went there that this is the master in disguise. And the doctor knows it. The doctor already knows it. Um, But then then we get the big, I mean, uh, perhaps you would know me better, doctor, in a familiar form. And he transforms into Anthony Ainley. Say my name. Like we don't know who you are. He he transforms into Anthony Ainley's head on... On Eric uh, Roberts' Eric body. Roberts body. <laughs> I was in. I was. I was surprised to see them go to that um, uh, wardrobe. It's almost like whoever did this one was a fan of the master. In fairness, the, he did wear that kind of. It's, in the Five Doctors, he well, wore the kind of that's big true, collar. He's got, this one's got a lot more flair. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 more there's flair. a lot more going on in this one. Yeah. He's dressing for the occasion. He's dressing <laughs> for the occasion. I liked the story. I did, too. Uh, I thought it was the, a, a the, fine the, story. The monster was, kind of sucking off the energy was, of the... It was really kind of a Monster of the Week story with the with being, the master being the monster in yeah. this one. You know, it, it, it was. Just, um, I liked uh, Ace's portrayal in this. I thought she she didn't stand out, but she also wasn't relegated to the background like some of the companions have in some of these stories. Um, she was utilized really well. I I, I appreciated the uh, introduction of the nursemaid and the fact that the doctor essentially, or the master essentially hires her because he couldn't be a nursemaid himself and he would have to in order to... Uh, accomplish what he's trying to accomplish here. So, and because, as the doctor says, he would not stoop to right. Exactly. You know, no matter how grand his disguise was, that. he wouldn't stoop to emptying a bedpan. Right. That's exactly. just not who he is. And so, I liked that. Um, and as uh, Chrissy pointed out, I think it was Chrissy that uh, 
no one but Ace could make a leather leather jacket and a uh, <laughs> look dress. good with a Victorian dress. The only, I guess, real qualm that I've got with the way this one's put together is that after the big reveals of the Sixth Doctor story, I think I was expecting a little bit more of the overarching plot yes, because we, and a little less of a standalone. We have, obviously, Frobisher's coming back into play. Right. Yeah. Because Frobisher's already, yeah, I, I thought the same thing. is It felt like five and six, uh, the five, fifth and sixth stories kind of advanced the plot and letting us see what was kind of going on behind the scenes of, of what, what, what was being set up by this mysterious villain. But this one goes back to being kind of an encapsulated story. It almost feels very much like, okay, we've gone one through six to give you this much of the story. Now we're resetting and going right. back and we're going to do it again it with the next like. group yeah, of doctors. that's totally what it felt like. And, and maybe that will work to kind of imply that all of these are happening simultaneously within their own respective time streams. Sure, sure. And that could be why. So again, maybe I'll enjoy some of these more once we get to the end. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, 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 that the arcing story there didn't felt like it, feel like it was furthered much other than we know the Master is aware of it, whereas in the past the, I didn't get the impression that the villain of the week yeah. uh, knew, or villain of the month, I suppose I should say, uh, knew of what was going on. Well, and his uh, his whole purpose is to feed the energy to this guy. Right, exactly. So, I mean, so it's not just he knows what's there. going on. It's the whole crux of this is whoever this bad guy is. Is using. This former companion. Which I just kind of wonder who it could be. Is it Hedrick? Adam. Adam? What's Adam? <laughs> That's oh, good, I think oh, good God. <laughs> <laughs> well, he Actually, got left in that future space station. I, well, I'll tell you, it's somebody die. after seven. No, he goes home. It is a companion after seven because he says you haven't met him yet. Does he? Which shot, which shot down my Adric theory. And Adric, I think, really was the strongest candidate for <laughs> this, this <laughs> particular story. Wasn't he got taken? He was. Yeah. But we that and the... You haven't met him yet. Happened in the same issue. Of course, you haven't met. No, that's this one. I have been working with a new partner. He's an old friend of yours, or should I say, companion? Of course. Okay. Of course not, because you haven't met Met him yet. yet. So that's why I knew it had to be after. Oh, because I because he says I have no idea who you're talking. So it could be Yiji, or he's not Yiji in the. What is he in the Asian child? What the heck's his name? I never can remember his name. Well, Lee Chang. Lee Chang. Grace is coming back for Eight's comic. I thought we determined that she wasn't. No, she's not coming back for the audio. She's coming back for the comic. She is coming back for, for the, the comic? comic, not the audio. I thought we did. I thought we said that, he, and then he, we determined that, that she wasn't in his mind. I did. Yeah, because I thought you, you were the one that posted it on Facebook. Of oh, it's, it's not, definitely Charlie. The audio. Oh, you're right. It's definitely, it's definitely Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, you're right. The then I did flip it. It is Grace in the comic. It is Grace. It is Grace still in the for comic. Sure Grace I in think the so. Comic. That blows my mind. That means if they were able to get the rights in the comic, maybe. Then they've obviously ironed something out with Universal. So I believe it was on the press release. Well, anyway, or maybe the yeah, maybe IDW. Just I said, guess it could be. Maybe that's oh. Maybe IDW said, "Screw it, we're moving oh. ahead with Grace." And BBC is why they canceled the. Although the, we know the it's licensing a, with. We them. know it's a he though too. They've been dropping yeah. the fact that it's a he, so it can't be Grace. But that would be really cool because we have no other Grace stories. That's true. So you, that's like a fresh set of hey, here we go. We can use. Of course, if Grace is coming back, you could then that seems like you could uh, use Lee Chang. 
as well now too. There must be an okay there. But so it could be Lee Chain, it could be Adam, it could be Who knows who? Who else has the doctor traveled with since seven? It could be somebody we've never met before. Could Let's be, be honest. Jack. Could be Captain Jack, who does fit with the time manipulator. Hmm. Interesting. So well there's some speculation there. <laughs> <laughs> You got a schedule pulled up? Yes, I do. All right. What's coming up next on the schedule? Well, next week. Oh, I mean Keith? Because. <laughs> I know. Oh, yes. <laughs> the Green Death for Friday Night Who. Um, At least. And first, start the first three. First, first three, three parts. stories for Friday Night Who, uh, August 23rd. And then Which, next week on the podcast. By the way, that is on that Netflix is on Netflix. right now. Still on there for now. <laughs> on For episode 138, we review Sarah Jane Adventure Season 4, as we already talked about earlier this episode. And it sounds like Sean and I are most of the way through it now. And then... You're halfway, Emily. Mostly. Not halfway. You've watched two stories, right? I've watched two stories. Oh, okay. The way you posted this was weird to me. Why? I I think the Friday Night Who should be above the episodes. It is. No. Because we'll finish... Oh, wait. (laughs) Apparently it is. I'm confused. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. Never mind. Things that Sean does confuse me as well, so I sympathize. So, and then 139, we'll review the Seventh Doctor Revisited, as well as the 15th anniversary discussion of the Seventh Doctor era. And then for 8.30, we finish, we watch The Green Death, and then... Review. 140, yeah. Is there a review? Something that doesn't seem right to me on that. That doesn't seem right. What did you read? I read what you posted. Okay. Oh, you have the date wrong. Oh, that might matter. The 16th? Is the Friday night who we start the Green Death? That's next week, right? That's this week is, is Green Death. Yeah, sixteenth, and then the twenty third we wrap up Green Death. So we're reviewing on the fifth. Yeah, which would be episode one thirty nine. Okay. Uh oh. We're still doing Sarah Jane next week because it's in the middle of the Green Death. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because we're only watching one through three, so we won't have anything to review, which is why I right. did that. So that we can why we're doing Sarah Jane. Why, why we're doing Sarah Jane. And also... I, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I skipped a line. I'm wrong. 816 is the Santaran experiment. That's next week. That's next week. Okay. Yeah, so I jumped, jumped ahead. ahead. Okay. Okay. I, no, I led you wrong. I led you there. I'm sorry. Well, since we're doing Santaran experiment... For Sarah Jane. For that's Sarah why Jane I did that. Okay. Four. And then the 23rd is the... Ah, oh, that's why you did it, because Sarah Jane's in there. Because Sarah Jane's in there. Ah. So... Uh, the dates I said was correct. And it's only a two-parter. And it's only a two-parter, so another short one. We've had a lot of short Shorter ones. Shorter than even last week. So. Well, and we had a, 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 a new episode, and then a three-parter, you, and then a two-parter. That's what it I'm saying, so it's even shorter than last week. nearly two weeks to pick up The Green Death, because it comes out on Tuesday, the right. special edition. Right. And so then it won't be that Friday, it'll be the Friday after. Okay, so Friday Night Who next week is Sontaran Experiment. And then Sarah Jane Adventures. And Sarah Jane Adventures on the show. The following week is the Green Death parts one through three, and then the show and after we'll that. And we'll be doing is... our Seventh Doctor retrospective that week, and then the Friday Night Who after that is finishing up the Green Death, and then and we'll be discussing the Green the Death. Show. There yes. we go. Okay, cool. That's it. Bring your computer next week so we don't have to go through that. <laughs> yeah, no lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mel will have uh, hopefully complete. Well, she's got two weeks, so maybe not. <laughs> she will have completed half of her Fire Inspector 1 Is class. Is this not on okay. Wi-Fi? You could have brought it up on there. No, oh, it is on you Wi-Fi. Got, I didn't think about you that. You've Safari. All I needed was pull up... You, you pull up a Word document normally, don't you? Yeah, normally I just pull oh, up a Word I just document. Went to the I go straight to the source when I... <laughs> what did I type? Uh, maybe that's right. 
All right. Well, is there anything else that we need to uh, wrap up this week? Or we good? Seventh Doctor rocks. Ace rocks. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Real thing that's kind of a drag. That you have to go there to get milk in a bag.